Free Talk Live, welcome to the show. You can dial toll-free to join us here and take control of the airwaves. Our number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We've also got the Discord on-air call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. Coming up, more on Operation Chokepoint. We covered it briefly the other night when a caller called in. To bring up a video that uh, Laurel, you had made and mm-hmm. put on your YouTube channel. Welcome back. It's been a few weeks. Thank you. Good to uh, be here. Laurel Scott with us here. Also, uh, Johnson, welcome back. Hello. Uh, things have kind of been a little jumpy on Tuesday nights. We've been shifting in and out different hosts. Derek J. Freeman's coming back uh, once a month and Vin. So Tuesday's going to be our most varied uh, night of co-hosts during the month. So I'm glad that you guys are here. You We're... mean the most interesting. There you go. <laughs> Um, and then we can talk about these uh, the su- supposed shutdown NSA phone spying program, uh, as well as the supposed shutdown of this uh, thing that you wanted to tell us about, Laurel, Operation this choke, choke point. point. Yeah. So that's all on the way. But Johnson, there's some controversy brewing over this upcoming Marvel movie. These things, of course, have been coming out two to three every single year uh, for the last several many more than several years i don't even know when this trend of the marvel movie thing started but it's huge um i've seen maybe a couple of marvel movies in the last decade so i'm by no means am i in any way following the franchise mm-hmm. um i know mark edge who's one of our regular co-hosts is a huge fan he goes and sees all of these movies in the theater um what about you johnson are you a big marvel yeah fan? i've been watching all the marvel movies well, at least for the the um, the main sort of plot lines, you know, like the uh, – um, l- let me see. I mean, there's the, the Iron Man stuff and mm-hmm. the Captain America Thor. and Thor and the, you know, the Avengers and that whole There's been a few of situation. those movies yeah. each, yeah. right? Yeah. But uh, apparently a lot of people want to see uh, the new Captain Marvel movie get uh, uh, thanos so. Th- Thanos is a bad guy. That's um, a bad guy who's destroyed Who? the world or something like uh, that. Half of every living being in the universe. Wow. That's by snapping impressive. his fingers. Pretty impressive. Yeah. So they're mad. People on the internet are mad about something? Yeah. Tell me it isn't. <laughs> what is it now? What What is it that they could possibly be so upsetting about this movie? Especially people on 4chan. How could they ever be angry? Okay. Um, so this story is from Wired. And it goes on here to say the flood of trolling on Rotten Tomatoes started about a month ago, weeks before the release of Captain Marvel. Commenters on the site were already claiming the movie was garbage and that they had no intentions of seeing it. Mm. Terrible movie. Hated already. Wrote one. Not interested in seeing another social justice warrior propaganda film. Claimed another. And finally, this movie is destined to flop. Another day, another attempt to pillory a film long before anyone in the comments threads could have even seen the movie in question. We've written this story before. Hell, we've even written this story before. But now Rotten Tomatoes is trying to do something about it. The odds are very slim that the people who are commenting about a movie like this 
have received a screener. I mean, every now and then, uh, you know, for the reviewers out there, sometimes they get sent screener copies of films and they usually have, I don't know if you've ever seen one of these things where there's usually some kind of like a stamp at the bottom with like a graphic on it and then a timer or something like that. If one of those screeners leaks, leaks to the pirate sites, you know. It's possible that anyone could have seen this. Well, right, that's true, <laughs> but that's what that's where you normally see screeners is yeah. is on the the pirate sites. But that's why they put those things at the bottom is right. so they can identify each screener to see who's leaking the screener out yeah. if somebody leaks it out. So they try to put it in a way that uh, you can't easily kind of crop over right, top of exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. But then again, if one of their complaints is that it's too far to the left, that's most of the movies out there these days. So you don't actually have to see the movie to know that to that's going to happen. That. You can presume that. That's really well, why I don't go to the movies anymore. I, I don't, you know, I don't watch this. I don't watch any of them. I haven't seen a movie in several years. They're wow. all too far to the left. I'm done. I'm done. And I think the people on 4chan who are saying all these things, they don't need to go out and troll. Just you vote with your feet. Just don't go to the movies anymore. I, I don't know that the movie is going to be as bad as maybe the people are predicting it's going to be. I, I don't. It's possible. I mean, for sure, there have been some doozies that have come out in uh, from Hollywood movies lately. Uh, but I think that the reason why that they are attacking it is because of some very inflammatory things that Brie Larson, the actor who plays Captain Marvel, has said. I don't have a list of those in front of me, and I'm not sure that this article is going to cover them, but I can grab some of them, um, you know, after we've gone over this. Sure. But um, the article goes on to say, on Monday, the movie review site announced some changes to the way that it deals with audience scores, specifically that it will no longer uh, show the want-to-see percentage score, the one that gets posted next to all of those reviews above, of a movie before it's released. Hmm. Why? We've found that the want-to-see percentage score is oftentimes confused with the audience score percentage number. The site staff wrote in a blog post referencing the number compiled after the movie has been released and people have theoretically seen it. Mm -hmm. True to their word, the company now relegates the want to see option to a small button below Captain Marvel's scores, which are blank since the critics preview embargo is still in effect. And no. Wait a minute. Okay. So, okay. So they have previewed the movie but they've told critics they can't review it yet they can't publish their Correct. reviews yeah, okay, that's embargo. what a preview embargo is yeah yeah uh it's a, i guess it's a review embargo i just uh misread that so okay it, it's right. a review embargo right right um, they've got their reviews written they're just not allowed to publish them yet yeah. basically i guess technically it's a preview review uh anyway the embargo is still in effect and no general audiences have seen it yet but sequester sequestering want to see isn't all Rotten Tomatoes is doing to stop the trolls. The site is also turning off the comment function before a movie's release date. Unfortunately, the blog post noted, we've seen an uptick in non-constructive input, sometimes bordering on trolling, which we no. <laughs> <laughs> which we believe is a disservice to our general readership. The site, as of this writing, doesn't seem to have scrubbed the previous comments on about Captain Marvel, but no new ones have gone up since Monday, so it seems the influx of hateration has stopped. <laughs> well, why did they have a comment section before the movie was out anyway? It's well, just the way the site was set up. Yeah, it's just the way this. I mean, they, you know, that way, if people wanted to generate hype for a movie, right. you know, potentially, especially smaller movies, that, you can still talk so, about the trailer. You can talk about the marketing. You can talk yeah. about other things. Okay, this so is, they had a comment section out for the for people specifically to comment on the movie before it came out. So it would be right. based on people's feelings about 
what they know about the movie before it's out. That's right. And yep. now they're getting upset that people are doing that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That and, right. You know, what's interesting, too, is this is, you know, they're doing this based on criticisms of larger films. Right. And the Hollywood blockbusters, which are going to be the ones that are going to be the most likely targets for this sure. kind of trolling. But. The ones where this kind of commenting and um, this kind of action, let's just say, this kind of hype, um, those are going to be the smaller films where it's going to be very beneficial for those, you know, independent film studios that are going to get this kind of, uh, you know, preview hype and, uh, you know, fan uh, action that is probably extremely useful and helpful to so them. So is this not hype? Does this not get the movie in the news? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that it does. For I sure, mean, we're talking about it. Yeah. Uh, so what? But what you're saying is that this restriction is going to hurt the smaller movies. Yeah, I think it's it's you know coming about is going to hurt smaller studios and yeah. smaller films. And presuming uh, there are any there's any you know significant amount of people that actually care about the comment section on you I know, think IMDb. That there are a lot of people that actually it's not IMDb it's probably it's, it's uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, Rotten Tomatoes. I'm sorry. And I think a lot of people read Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, you look at them and there's hundreds of thousands of reviews on some of these movies. Is that right? And yeah, it's it's a very large site. And I think a lot I like of it. I like Rotten Tomatoes. I like Rotten Tomatoes, and I actually and I don't have, blame them. I've developed my own little system because I actually look at um, and I compare uh, the. Uh, critic reviews to the audience rating and generally i found if the critic reviews are significantly higher than audience rating that movie is going to be awful and if it's the reverse it's going to be an excellent movie Mm. because it's probably you know if the internet generally tends to like a movie and the critics don't it's probably just not the most intellectually rewarding film of all Mm -hmm. time but it's probably a really good time good good movie but if it's the opposite then it's probably just you know leftist dreck. <laughs> There's more coming up here. You can share your thoughts with us. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. Did they make the right decision by restricting people from commenting on movies before they're released? Uh, you can share your thoughts with us. Bring up what you want. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free to bring up whatever you want here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. The internet, uh, some portion of it, is upset about this new Marvel movie, the Captain Marvel. Apparently, it is a female comic book uh, superhero. I've never, never heard of her before uh, this movie. But then again, I'm not a big comic book uh, fan. So, have you heard of? Uh, are you? Did you follow any comic books growing up? Oh no. no, 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 no. More of like a Barbie doll kind of girl. Uh, no, no, not that either. No, I watched a lot of TV. Okay, gotcha. Well, you, uh, Johnson, you were into uh, the Marvel DC I'm everything. Yeah. TV, comic books, movies, video games. So if you want to jump in, comment, you're welcome to join us here at 855-450-FREE. Like Freedom, that's 855-450-3733. We do have uh, the Discord on our call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm, and that's where you can go to sound almost like you're sitting here in the studio with us. Free Talk Live, by the way, brought to you by Bitcoin.com. That is your source for everything Bitcoin-related. They can help you choose a Bitcoin wallet, help you buy Bitcoin, and even show you where you can spend your Bitcoin. 
So head on over to Bitcoin.com and uh, you can read the latest news headlines or engage with the community on the Bitcoin forum. Again, that's Bitcoin.com. As we continue here, uh, you can bring up anything that you want. Let's uh, we'll, we'll talk more about Captain Marvel and what exactly, because there's a Wired story about this. That's how much attention uh, this situation has gotten. Johnson, you'll continue that. But first, David is in New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Laurel and Johnson. Hey, ladies and gentlemen. You guys remember the uh, the, 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 Ed, the, uh, the Ed and Elaine Brown standoff, obviously. Yeah, well, I do, but our, our audience may not. Uh, Ed and Elaine Brown were people who had not paid the income tax for a number of years, and the federal government targeted them as a result of that. Uh, for basically stealing their home and locking them up in a prison cell. They they kind of held off the feds for about uh, six months or so at their house, uh, you know, basically holding up in their house and threatening that uh, they had planted bombs among their property and mined the property and that kind of thing. Uh, so it was a very interesting situation that, of course, sadly ended. Uh, not Thankfully, nobody died uh, in this case, but they did get arrested ultimately and... Um, put in a prison cell, likely for the rest of their lives, both Ed and Elaine Brown. She was a veterinarian, I think. Or no, a dentist. She was a dentist, and he was a pest control guy. Um, so what's the latest? That didn't work out. She was my dentist. She was my dentist. Oh, really? But, um, yeah. But the, um, uh, yeah, the latest is, the, you know, again, when you have a standoff like this, it's usually, it's not crushing the standoff that makes the government look bad. It's all the things they do on the periphery that really show their true colors and uh one of the things they've done they're still doing things so what they did the most latest abuse uh actually wasn't by the federal government but by one of the local governments in relation to this standoff and that is that they uh, they prevented uh joe haas do you remember joe haas joe is a uh eccentric old guy here in new hampshire <laughs> yeah that's the about one. right Joe Haas, uh, I said Ann. to talk to, but not for too long. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's he, uh, um, yeah. So that's a good way to to sum him up. He's kind of like a conspiracy uh, kook guy who's like all like constitutionalist <laughs> character. Yeah. If he but gets he, up in front of a, a, a panel at the state house, get ready to to wait for quite a while. And they don't like him at all when <laughs> when he gets up there because he's always meandering all over the place. And so yeah, what about this uh, this guy? Well, he tried to go to. They're still having auctions for the Brown property that they're selling off. Huh. And so he tried to go a decade tried to later go to one of these auctions. Yeah, he tried to go to one of these auctions in Nashua, and uh, Nashua. Uh, I guess they, they someone called the police on him or whatnot. And he was prevented from going to this federal auction. Why? And and he probably made a thing. scene. Hmm. He what? Well, he was prevented from going to the federal auction and buying things. So he's, so he's at least that's what he claims. And yeah. he's suing. He's suing Nashua. Oh, okay. I have one of those. That, that's a great idea. You should do that kind of ideas right now, which mm-hmm. is, you know, for somebody who's more active than me. But I think it would be really funny to establish some kind of a fund to uh, keep people going to these auctions, especially since it's been ten years, to continue to buy this property to see how long. Uh, it can be shifted from uh, property owner to property owner who refuses to pay taxes on it. So just <laughs> see how long you can keep the taxes on the property unpaid. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. When they uh, when they put a property up for tax sale, you have to pay the taxes in order to bid. Uh, well, oh, so whatever paid. whatever's un, unpaid on the property. So if you have a house and you don't pay, are taxes are you sure that on that it, bid isn't part of like just part of the total cost of the property? 
No. So the way it works is you let's say you have your property. It's you own it free, free and clear from the bank, right? And you just haven't paid taxes for a couple of years. The state of New Hampshire, or in this case, the federal government stole it, but normally it's the state or the the city or whatever that takes your property. They legally take it on paper, um, and then they take it to what they call a tax sale. So mm-hmm. let's say you're behind by twelve thousand. $15,000, let's say that. Um, they will then sell that property with a minimum bid of $15,000 at that point. Right. So somebody could buy your property for $16,000 if nobody else bids on the property. And then essentially they pay the 15000 towards the tax bill and they get the property for the extra grand on top. Right. Okay. So yeah, you can't, unfortunately, you can't do whatever. <laughs> they, they figured that out and they're not going to let you do that. But Dave, do you know what kind of property they're selling? I, I knew they had a house, but is it like cars and, you know, snowblowers? Or like, what do they got? All I know is that uh, that Joe wanted to buy the podium that was seen on Fox News, you know, whenever the Ed, whenever Ed would come out to make a one of his rambling statements, you know, uh, that mm-hmm. that was the podium he stood in front of. Him. Joe wanted that podium as a as a souvenir, but apparently he he wasn't allowed to bid on it, and mm-hmm. someone else bought it for twenty dollars. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I I would not expect his lawsuit to necessarily go anywhere. I think that he's the kind of guy who files his own suit, so he probably isn't hiring an attorney. Um, And if you don't hire an attorney, you're going to have a tough time within the court system. And I know he has lost, uh, you know, other lawsuits. Yeah, I'm wondering what his basis is for the suit. Probably discrimination. You don't lose a lawsuit when you lose a lawsuit, in the sense you win by tying down the government. I mean. We could, we could, I could tie them down all that's year. A, that's all a strange, uh, that, that's a strange way to view the uh, the court system. I mean, if you are in the courts, you're losing because you're losing your time at the very least. You're certainly losing a little bit of money for filing fees, even if you're handling it yourself. If you're handling it with an attorney, you're going to lose a lot more than uh, than filing fees. And then that's so. Even if you so-called win, which he's not likely to win, uh, then but even if you do win, you've, you're still out all that time, and that's all time not that you could have been doing. You could have been doing something productive with something right. that you actually enjoy, unless you enjoy sitting in court. There's in which also case, there, there's, there you there's, go. If you're having fun, so that's that, that's another historical precedent in New Hampshire is, is Christopher King, who had a similar problem in Nashville, where he tried to to, to attend a Kelly Ayotte event. He was the senator for a while. And they wouldn't let her. They wouldn't let him attend the Kelly Ayotte events with his camera to film. So uh, he sued. The, he sued over that. And uh, I went to court with him to watch this process. And yes, he absolutely earned his time in there, even though he lost. Because he and was he was an attorney, federal judge. He was tying down all these Republican attorneys, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I mean, it was amazing how much they threw at him. And it didn't hurt him any. It wasted their time. So there's this thing called vexatious litigation, where if your purpose is exactly that, just to tie up the hands of the person you're filing suit against, Mm -hmm. and you do it repeatedly, not just once, but lots of times, that's actually a crime in some states. Well, and it's not going to take down the state, because all they'll do is hire more attorneys. Thanks, Dave, for the call. Appreciate the update there. Uh, The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. You can bring up what you want. It's Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com is delighted to announce their latest partnership with the gift card specialist at eGifter. With many of the world's leading brands on their roster, it is now easier than ever to get the gift cards of your favorite brands with Bitcoin Cash. To get started, just follow these simple steps. Visit giftcards.bitcoin.com, pick the gift card you want, follow the instructions on your screen, and make your payment using your Bitcoin Cash wallet. Sit tight and your gift card will be delivered to you as soon as it's ready. That's giftcards.bitcoin.com. Yeah! 
This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here. Our number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We've also got the Discord on-air call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. With you tonight, it's Ian. I'm Laurel. And I'm Johnson. And also, coming up in about three months, just over three months from now, ForkFest 2019. It is the decentralized camping festival here in New Hampshire, and it comes the five days prior to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which probably more people have heard of that. Uh, that event's entering its 15th year, and ForkFest is entering its third year. You can go to ForkFest.party and learn more about the event there. Now, the most important thing you need to know about ForkFest is that it is not an organized festival as, as far as there's, a, there's no central organization. There's no board of directors. There's no organizer. It's just the five days prior to ForkFest uh, or the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And you kind of decide what to do on your own. So if you want to organize a thing for the other attendees, then please, by all means. Um, you want to put on a seminar. You want to put on a musical event. You want to put on a poker game. Uh, already we've had Steven Zeiler call in from AnyPay.Global announcing they're going to have a rave tent uh, basically every single night during ForkFest this year. So the, the party level is definitely going to be going up, which is good news. And then also Jay Noon has announced he's going to be performing what he, he's calling Man Camp at ForkFest. So who knows what else is going to get cooked up. I've heard people talking about doing some food vending as well. So uh, I'm very interested to see what comes about. It's really completely up to you if you're going to attend. Do you just want to take it easy and camp with some other liberty-minded folks, volunteerists, liberty-loving anarchists, libertarians? They're going to be there and uh, it'll be at the beautiful Rogers Campground in the White Mountains of New Hampshire, June 13th through the 18th, ForkFest 2019. Again, June 13th through the 18th. Go to ForkFest.party. There's a link there to the ForkFest Telegram chat room where there's uh, at least 50 people in there. And uh, I would say there's chat almost every day at the ForkFest chat. And then there's also the ForkFest forums over at ForkFest.party. As we continue here, uh, we were talking about this Captain Marvel controversy. Johnson, you had a story about it from Wired Magazine, and I guess we haven't really gotten into, I don't think, the meat of the, the piece here yet, but essentially this Captain Marvel movie, it's about to come out this week. It involves a female main star, this Captain Marvel. Brie Larson was her name? Is that that's right? right. Yeah, that's the actress. Okay, what else do we need to know? Well, uh, it goes on here to say um, this uh, influx of, you know, horrible reviews has been stopped by the valiant efforts of Rotten Tomatoes. And right. Rotten Tomatoes it, turned off commenting before the movie comes out, right? Yeah. But for all their movies. Uh, is yes, that right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, this, for fans and presumably studios, is a long overdue reprieve. This is the opinion of the a writer of this article. Reprieve from the horrors of people <laughs> yeah. saying bad things the about you? The horrors of attention to movies. Uh, so it's nearly impossible to tell which comments are from actual fans and which are from users. Just out for the lulls. Movies ranging from Baywatch to Star Wars The Last Jedi have recently found themselves subjected to trollishly harsh reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. In some cases, the negative comments are earned, but in others... As was the case with The Last Jedi and, to a lesser degree, the all-female Ghostbusters. The, <laughs> the Which po- wasn't that bad, by the way. I did watch it, finally. I still haven't watched that. <laughs> um, 
The poor ratings have seemed driven by racist and or sexist motives from fans who don't appreciate diversity in their movies. They also might have been fueled by Russian trolls. <laughs> Is that a serious comment? There's a, it's in parentheses here, but it's it's in the article. <laughs> I don't know whether or not it's serious or not, wow. considering the Let's rest just of the blame time. No, they the believe Russians. it. Just yeah. blame the Russians for everything you don't like on the internet. Yeah. Ridiculous. It, it also happens that from time to time, a movie gets a terrible... Maybe it's they think it's Russian trolls because the name of the site is RT. Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> As opposed to Russia today. Uh, <laughs> uh, it also happens that from time to time, a movie gets a terrible RT score from critics and fan claim bias on the part of professional reviewers, as was the case with Justice League. Uh, this writer is not very intelligent. Um, <laughs> it's hard to find good help. <laughs> I mean... I've seen just about any of the DC movies and I've seen quite a few of them and they were, they've been just a series of awful movies. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's, there's my review. Sorry if you're a DC fan. <laughs> so will Rotten Tomatoes new changes come in time to save Captain Marvel from the trolls? It won't matter. I mean, look, I understand the website is uh, popular. There's no doubt about it. And that was your defense here, Johnson, is a popular website. And still, even on popular websites, comments are only going to be a fraction of the viewers. People that go to Rotten Tomatoes... The censorship thing is the the greater thing that is just infecting everywhere on the internet these days. All right, so I'm going to go to bat for Rotten Tomatoes um, because you you guys sound like you're against this decision. And I'm going to argue why they should do this. Okay. Because comments are a waste. Comments are a wasteland and a troll zone, and they're generally just awful overall. So if you're looking for people to have a more positive experience on your website, then turning off comments is a reasonable uh, approach to do that, I think. For this website, I disagree because the point of Rotten Tomatoes was to get the public to comment. Like and That's what Rotten Tomatoes movies. is. True. That's true. <laughs> It's for people to post their opinions about the movies. Well, I mean, is it? I don't think it's unfair for them to say, okay, you can post your opinion about the movie after it has been released. And that's all they're saying here is that, look, we've looked at these 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 uh, comments before movies have come out and they're overwhelmingly negative. And that's not fair. It's not fair for somebody to be able to get in there and S talk a thing that hasn't even come out yet. I mean, how many times have you seen a movie trailer? That looked great, but the movie itself was terrible. Or conversely, a movie trailer that wasn't really that great, but then you ended up seeing the movie and you're like, oh my God, this is totally different than what the trailer made it look like. This Mm. was a great film. Um, I mean, so even if you've seen some amount of marketing for the thing, you may be able to comment on the trailer and everything on some other site, but I don't blame them for, I really don't blame them for turning this up in the same way that I actually have to, speaking of comic book movies, promote a movie series right now because um, I almost wouldn't have watched them because of the director m night Shyamalan. oh okay what, um, what series um so well m for people that don't know m night Shyamalan has done some very very terrible movies um, and a couple of good ones yeah and a couple of good ones uh you know the happening where you know is that a bad one or a good one spoiler alert the trees kill everybody um Uh-oh. you know well, now i have to go see that <laughs> that sounds good <laughs> it's really bad um what's the other one where the aliens come to a planet uh to you know to to kill everyone on earth um but they're allergic to water 
So they came, they came to a planet where it literally falls from the sky. Yeah. You know, just some things where like his sci-fi movies are very, very implausible and kind of bad in, in terms of that. But overall, the movies, you know, his, his other like, I guess, approach and writing is not that bad because he, you know, he works with good actors mm-hmm. and... The he rest did the of it one seems where to be good. I see dead people. What That's was the name one of that, that movie? Yeah, uh, Six Sense. Six Sense. Six Sense. That's the only one I think I've seen. Yeah, it was good. Pretty good. Um, so he did. That's uh, where he made his name. Yeah, and then per, per, uh, presumably the remainder of them have not been that great. So I used I to watch movies, so yeah. I, I saw that before the, before I stopped. So I don't know if uh, many people know that this is a series, even. Um, so there is he did a movie a long time ago, like over a decade ago, uh, by the name of Unbreakable mm-hmm. with Bruce Willis, right, um, and Samuel L. Jackson, and right? Samuel L. Jackson, and it was a uh, who've been a great team since Die Hard Three, yeah. by the way. <laughs> so it. it it was a comic book based movie. It was like a comic book plot. But uh, was but it actually based on a comic book? Or it was just... not actually based on a comic book, but it okay. was based on comic books and them there being like real superheroes, essentially. In real life, like, okay. Kind of yeah. like real life superheroes that there are people who are stronger and weaker. Uh-huh. And um, and he made there, a sequel. He right? made two sequels. Oh, already? Yes. I thought another one just came out. Wasn't it the... was not made very clear that they were all in the same universe and part of a, tr- a trilogy. So all three of them are out already? They're all out. Oh, okay. One is in theaters now. What's that one called? Glass. Glass, okay. What was the middle one? Split. Oh, okay, I never even heard of that one. Yeah, and it's fantastic. Okay. By more, itself, all it's right. fantastic. More on the way here. 855-450. Free like freedom. You can join us. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Dial on in toll-free and bring up whatever you want here. Our number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. We do have the Discord on-air call-in line rooms. Just head over to discord.lrn.fm and hop in there and you can talk to us about whatever you want. Now, coming up here tonight, we still have the Operation Choke Point. Uh, Laurel's been doing a lot of research on that, so... Uh, we're going to get deeper into that discussion. And uh, Ian Laurel and Johnson in the studio with you. And don't forget, you can join us online. Just go to freetalklive.com. We do have our Twitch uh, channel. That is where we do live streaming of video of the show when we're live, which, of course, is every single night, seven nights a week from 7 to 10 at night Eastern time. You can follow our Twitch channel by going to twitch.lrn.fm. That's twitch.lrn.fm. And you can uh, hit the follow button there once you've signed into the Twitch site, which, of course, is free to do. Now, you can also send us your Twitch Prime subscription. What's Twitch Prime, you ask? Well, you may have it, but you don't realize it. If you subscribe to Amazon Prime, and there's a lot of people that do, uh, one of the perks that Amazon gives you is one free Twitch subscription every single month. So if you didn't even know you had it, then... We sure would appreciate it if you'd send it over to us. All you have to do is go to our channel, and then uh, you hit the subscribe option on the channel. And uh, Actually, there's some instructions right below our video window that'll tell you how to link up your Amazon account with your Twitch account, which is not hard to do at all because, well, Amazon bought Twitch a long time ago. You know that the that subscription, though, does not just stick around with the same streamer. They have to go and do it every, every month. single month. I know, which is why we're down to 25 subscribers from, like, <laughs> 40. 
So, uh, so yeah, if you've got tw- if you've got Amazon Prime, just follow the instructions. You'll find just below the video on uh, Twitch.lrn.fm. Link up your accounts, and then it's easy to subscribe from that point on. There's actually a little reminder thing that'll come up on it's the video. It's also very easy to forget unless you're like that's in why the we're channel. reminding you. Yeah. yeah, there may be people in the channel going, "Oh, I'm not subscribed." Yeah, so thanks in advance for doing that. We certainly do appreciate it. Are you uh, an affiliate? there no it's gonna be a long time oh wait no partner yeah we're an affiliate we're not a partner if you're an affiliate now yeah so one of the things if you're an affiliate and someone is uh subscribed to your channel yeah you should do this immediately uh you can set up now as an affiliate uh some icons you know the emotes yeah Mm -hmm. you can set up channel specific emotes that's one of the biggest reminders is if someone is in the channel and has access to the emotes they know they're a sub um if if they can't use the emote or they can't see the emote then they know that they're not subbed anymore because it's very hard to know whether or not you're subbed or not otherwise i see what you're saying there is actually a little video uh window thing that pops up on the video it Mm -hmm. looks like a little uh king's crown yeah. that you can click on so that's a handy reminder as well yeah. anyway check it out at twitch.lrn.fm let's go back to the phones and uh, to the fun more on marvel captain marvel is mm-hmm. uh, there's still more to say on that right uh coming up here but first we go to wilson is in virginia actually watching us on twitch go ahead wilson yeah how we doing i just wanted the first time <laughs> i was gonna say first time long time but i'll just get to the point i uh apprenticeships I am impressed with what's available out out here. Period. I thought the only thing they had apprenticeships in the states, specifically speaking. I'm I'm from Puerto Rico. Oh. Is uh, uh everything they got? I, I liked what a, a coworker just told me the other day. They got plenty of lanes out here, from everything from jeweler to be a jeweler to for flipping uh, work on. Uh, uh, well, I'll just uh, take my my point on the what do you think about apprenticeships they have out here okay so um i'm new to the idea of an apprenticeship is different from an intern right an apprenticeship is that somebody who works closer with and you get paid while you're doing it here Uh, the united states in in whole or he means in the in the u.s he's from the states uh, quebec niagara falls there everything it's it's common to do apprenticeships in skilled trades, and you get paid while you're learning the trade that's what an apprenticeship is all about that's pretty sweet so you don't actually have to pay to go to school you case. may have to take classes, and, and mm-hmm. it depends on the trade. Some of them you just have to pass an exam. So this class is toward the exam, but to get licensed, you don't have to take the class. You just have to pass the exam. So is this not a thing in Puerto Rico, Wilson? There is. It's very, very hard to get in. That's case huh. in point, welding. <laughs> you, I swear you have to be a family member. Yeah. Well, well, part of the reason why it's easier in the U.S. is because there's been so much emphasis on university education and there's been sort of a social stigma placed on skilled trades, which I think is very misplaced. People in skilled trades are honest workers and make a lot of money. Sure so they do. it's very uh, it's really, I think, the universities who've been pushing this idea that people who go to universities are better than People who don't, and also the idea that you can only make money if you go to college. Total They've really myth. been pushing that one. is total myth. Yeah. And so we see a lot of people going to college who maybe would have been better off if they've done a skilled trade, and we have a, a, a vacuum in the skilled trades. So if you have a... A child, a son or a daughter who's 17, 18 and is trying to decide what to do with their lives, hey, talk to them about a skilled trade. You can make good money. Wilson, thanks for calling and sharing your thoughts here tonight. I definitely appreciate hearing from you. Thanks for watching us on Twitch. Uh, there's more coming up here with your calls and thoughts. Welcome at 855-450-FREE. Matthew is on the line in Louisiana watching us on YouTube. Go ahead, Matthew. 
Yeah, uh, good evening. So I think I heard Sarah on the Rush Limbaugh show. Oh, no way. <laughs> yes, well. I swear it sounded just like her. She was calling to challenge Rush on his conservatism because he was supporting, you know, uh, the, the evil orange man. And it, mm-hmm. it, it was kind of an interesting exchange because she kept coming at him under this, you know, what does do conservatives stand for? And uh, eventually he just said, you know, we're just for keeping people like you out of power. <laughs> That's all he had, huh? Was Because, <laughs> I mean, it, well, it, you know, it's hard to for a conservative to a- answer the question don't. of what they stand for because they don't have any principles. It, well, it is nowadays. Because, well, I disagree uh, with that. I really? What are the conservative principles? Don't have sex. I don't uh, think that's one of them. Fashion for enjoyment. Um, and uh, work hard and try to keep all of your money. Okay. Now, what do you think the conservative principles are? Well, generally, conservative is someone who's trying to keep the good things that we've had in the past. And in my case, I believe that's the Constitution and freedom of speech, freedom of assembly. I think the Bill of Rights is under attack, and I want to conserve the Bill of Rights. So only the good things, but not the bad things from the past? That would be the idea, yeah. So who if decides you believe, what were the good things and what were the bad things? Well, it's going to be the individual person decides what that is for so themselves. So there's no actual principle there. It's all completely well, arbitrary. The only, problem, the only problem with that is because we've been moving more and more to a more restrictive society, both in you know every direction imaginable. It's like, uh, for some reason, I'm supposed to be shocked because the Democrats endorse... Uh, uh, there's some Democrat candidate, I think it might be uh, Kamala Harris, who endorses uh, legalizing prostitution, which is oh, something great. I would like to discuss, yeah. and legalizing drugs. Again, something I would like to discuss. Wow, I'm surprised so, that there's okay. actually a candidate who supports both of those things. That's well, shocking the rest to me. Of her program, I can it's guarantee terrifying. you. It's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. So does that make me a non-conservative? Because I, you know, I'm opening to discussing any ideas. Yeah, well, I couldn't tell you what a conservative means. Um, I mean, because, you know, it doesn't really mean much of anything. As Laurel just pointed out, it means it means uh, preserving the the good good things from the past, past, which you might think the things in the past that were good or different from what another conservative might think are in the past. That's why people talk to each other and try to come to a consensus. But there's going to be the individual politics of the person and then the politics of the group. And they intersect as much as possible so that the group can act together. But I don't think that that's unique to conservatism. Well, well, progressives are also thing, completely though, arbitrary as well. So. For the same reasons? Uh, no, not necessarily. But okay, just because so what are the reasons arbitrary. you think it's arbitrary? Being able to, the whole thing is being able to conduct a dialogue. And that is increasingly, it's very difficult to do with the left because you express an opinion that's different from theirs and you're a Nazi. Right. You may not be German or socialist or a worker, but you're a Nazi. It seems like the only principle that conservatives and progressives have is to listen to whatever it is the people who are in power say and agree with it. That seems to be the only consistency because, you know, the progressives might tell you they're anti-war, but then as soon as uh, Obama gets elected in office and starts dropping bombs, then they're uh, all of a sudden in favor of war. 
you know, because then it's their guy who's uh, who's doing the war. Oh, and the conservatives, they say they're for smaller government until their guys get in charge, in which case then they make the government bigger and everything's totally fine. I think so, there's different factions within each of these groups and there's mm-hmm. there's factions within conservatism that don't yeah, that's, want that's an expansion why of I government. The, I don't believe in the left-right paradigm. It's It really is a square. It may even be a cube mm-hmm. uh, because you would be up there with the anti-authoritarian... Uh, uh, economic freedom crowd, whereas somebody else might be anti-authoritarian as far as personal freedom, but totally in for the government providing the wound to the tomb. Matthew, good call. Thanks for sharing your thoughts tonight. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. You are invited to join us here. we got a full couple hours to go. Plenty of time for you with your calls and thoughts. More on Captain Marvel and Choke Point coming up. Ike was such a sweet, lovable animal, and people would want to pet him, and they'd come up, and they'd get close to him, and it would be this instant, oh, my dad didn't want to touch him. It's like, ooh, get the stinky dog away from me. Even after we'd give her a bath, she would still stink. Very stinky, both bad breath and bad gas. I asked the vet, and he said, some dogs are just stinky. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. The ingredients convinced me that it was definitely worth trying. After about a week, he started smelling normal. My husband and I were really kind of astonished. Dynavite is nutrition. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. 855 450 free. That's 855-450-3733. We've got the Discord on our call in line rooms. Over at discord.lrn.fm. Coming up, Operation Choke Point. We're going to get a little deeper into that. Uh, we had a caller about it over the weekend, I think it was. And he brought up one of the videos that you produced, Laurel, mm-hmm. on your channel on YouTube, which is what? It's YouTube slash C slash Laurel's channel. But you can also go and do in the search in YouTube, Laurel Immigration. and That a lot brings of my, you right up? You're the first result? Right okay, yeah. good. All right, so check her out there. You can subscribe over on her channel. And, of course, you can also subscribe to our new Free Talk Live video clips that are also on YouTube. You can go to clips.freetalklive.com. It'll take you right to that channel. And you can hit the subscribe button there, which allows you to share some of the uh, the moments that our video editor, Eric Freerock, has selected and some of the ones he thinks are the most interesting and shareable. So you can share those out. It makes it a lot easier to share Free Talk Live instead of, say, sharing an entire three-hour or two-hour long show. Uh, this, you can just share the part that you liked. And it's video. People like that these days on the Internet. Those so, kid, kids these days, they right? like that video. Clips.freetalklive.com. Uh, let's see. Johnson, speaking of video and movies and such, we were talking about Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. The folks over at Wired, somebody wrote up an article about this controversy surrounding the comments section on Rotten Tomatoes. And maybe there's more to the story than that. I don't know how, how much you know we've even gotten in here. But they shut down the comments on movies that have yet to release because of just the toxic atmosphere 
that has been created in these comment sections by people trolling movies they don't like, even though they've never actually seen the film. So they don't like the actress, or they don't like the director, or whatever it is that they don't like. it comes down to, I guess, uh, Brie Larson had said something in the past about... um, Talking about movie reviews, actually, ironically, in, oh. in general, talking about movie, movie reviews and saying something about not wanting to hear from another white man. <laughs> wow. So, Isn't she a white lady? Yeah. But okay. the idea was is that the the, uh, the, the critics and, and a lot of movie critics in general tend to be white males, apparently. Uh-huh. That's just an observation. There's, there's a her, lot of so. white men in this country. Sure. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And so apparently- Have you ever seen the channel called Double Toasted on YouTube? I have not. It's a couple of black guys that do uh, movie reviews, and they are they are hilarious. They got really great rapport together. I think you'd probably enjoy it. They yeah. review a lot of the movies that that you and I would would be likely to go and see. Right. And they do like really long uh, like discussions, like half hour long reviews. They'll do a, a movie trailer review uh, that's a half hour long. <laughs> Just dig into it and play clips and and talk about it. They're really uh, really good. I, I enjoy their stuff. Double toasted. I'll have to check yeah. that out. Oh, I never also, before we get back completely back into um, talking about this, I talked to you guys off air about it, but I had sold it on air talking about this M. Night Shyamalan Oh, the trilogy series. that you really um, enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. So, the, And you've seen all three. Right, yes. I saw the most recent one in theaters. It was fantastic. So Unbreakable. Which surprised me because I finally like kind of feel like I'm getting uh, what M. Night Shyamalan's trying to convey with his movies in general. And oh. it, it just... The last one was very good, and and clearly I think there's going to be more movies in this series. But um, so it went from Unbreakable to another movie called Split, which is about um about a guy who has 23 individual personalities, possibly more. Um, and uh, James McAvoy uh really knocks it out of the park with the acting in this, where he's this he's is the guy with the 23 actor. personalities. Yeah, he's changing, you know, and he's he's been in a lot of other movies as well, but he he changes personalities. In this movie, very well. Twenty three uh, times. Yeah. Well, no, it's just he's going back and, back forth and forth between different ones. Some of them are more prevalent than mm-hmm. other personalities. Um, they they call it you know being in the light is the personality who's at the forefront at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he does this you know as as he's acting, which of course an actor should be able to do something like this, but um, just just changes personalities yeah. and becomes this entirely different character but i mean he does it in a way that's it's convincing very yeah. convincing you know just personalities demeanor cool. you know like uh facial expressions tics the whole you know nine yards for any actor and uh he does it very quickly and mm. makes these changes that are pretty good neat um yeah and then it goes on to glass which is uh about the characters from Unbreakable and Split, and uh, so it ties the other two movies together, yeah. basically. Yeah, uh-huh. and, and it's just very good. Neat. Thanks for sharing that. So, Captain Marvel. Uh, so this goes on here to say, will Rotten Tomatoes changes come in time to save the Captain Marvel from the trolls? As though it's not somehow in the trolls are yeah. going to endanger this and like, trolling multi-million isn't... or. Billion dollar, I think, yeah. movie. And I find it hard to believe that trolling is new on Rotten Tomatoes. No, it's yeah, just not. been excessive for this particular movie. She said something very racist and sexist, and now is very shocked when people do the same thing. Did she her. say something racist? She said she didn't want to hear from white men. Well, that's not racist. She identified them by um, race. It was because of their just, race and their sex. That's that definitely didn't want to racist. Unless you're saying, you know, that's they, just a preference. Unless you're saying that it can't be racist because, of course, uh, it's not systemic. Because you can't be racist against white people because 
you know, white people control everything, so therefore you can't be racist against them. No, no, because... that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm <laughs> saying that being a racist is uh, generally somebody who looks down on other races. Is that not what no, that's, that's not what racism is, according to—if you're on the left, you have to understand that racism is, in fact— uh, can only be um, against uh, minorities. If you're if oh, you're well, in control, that's not the definition if of you're it. control <laughs> in control of a society, then no one can be racist against you, no matter how much they hate you. Yeah, and no matter uh, what they do, I to mean, you. they can. You can define a thing however you want, <laughs> but the actual definition of racism is it has to do with looking down upon another person because of the group that they're in and believing right. that that group is inferior because of their race that, that's actually, exactly what she was doing i, I think the no race she's a, saying she doesn't want to hear from white men i that's think the, the implication is that there's something bad about the white you're men. jumping to a conclusion there um i mean it's a fair conclusion to jump to i think but she didn't say she thinks that white people are inherently and she, specifically she said men so you know uh-huh. again that's not that doesn't have anything to do with racism I will that's say, gender. She, she clarified that she was not attempting to be racist but that she wanted more variety in reviews essentially is what she was saying that there wasn't enough variety. Uh, um, okay. But who knows how, that, how accurate that defense is. And how long really. after she said it did yeah. she... Um, Look, just know, because yeah. I'm saying she's not a racist doesn't mean I'm defending what she was saying. I now, think that what she was saying uh, is... I'm going to challenge your fair definition enough. of racism and, and ask you this. So, so you're saying, you know, an inferior, but what if you were to take that and flip it around and say that racism is any person who believes in the superiority? Yes, of generally it is that one race is superior to another, right. yes. So there are racists out there who will admit that they believe because they want... They want you to believe that they're consistent. They will say that, oh, well, Asians are smarter than white people. Yeah, well, I was about to say, what if it's a racist, you know, who believes in another racist superiority, not even their own? That is racism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Moving Moving on. on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, again, it goes on to say some of the damage has already been done. Oh, and by the way, before you move on, since we're talking about racists, on uh, 10 days from now, it will be not this Friday, but the following Friday, there's going to be... The crying Nazi versus the anarchist she male. It's going to be on LRN.fm's um, Twitch channel. Mm-hmm. It's actually going to be broadcast originally on Aria's channel, but we're gonna uh, we're gonna do like one of the auto host things. So if you're on our Twitch channel, you'll be able to watch because the night that you and I had that uh, show with Chris Cantwell, Aria got in for a short segment basically mm-hmm. and was able to go at Chris. And I know she wanted to have more time, and so I guess she talked to Chris and. They're willing to do a one-on-one here in the LRN studio. So mark your calendar for, it's going to be after Free Talk Live, so 10 p.m. at night Eastern Time on March 15th. You'll be able to watch She-Mail versus Nazi. Get some popcorn. Yeah, and we don't know if the thing's even going to make it through before somebody reports it and Twitch shuts down her her (laughs) Twitch channel, uh, because she says she's not going to censor Chris. So that uh, should be interesting to time it and see how long it it goes. Isn't that what Twitch is for, though? For censorship? For for stuff like what you're describing. No. Uh, they have uh, specifically in Twitch's terms of service, that racism Yeah, there's no racism allowed. allowed on Twitch. Yeah. So it'll likely get pulled, but we'll see how long it lasts. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so it, uh, this uh, Rotten Tomatoes Marvel deal. Um, talking, They're talking about, ah, some of the damage has already been done. But What damage? I think yeah. as Laurel pointed out, this is controversy. It's getting people to talk about the movie, mm-hmm. and that's going to get people to want to see the movie. Because I would not have known Captain Marvel was coming out at all if this hadn't happened. I would have had no idea. The toll-free number here tonight, 855-450-FREE. Is there more? Because we yes, can get to coming up here. On Captain Marvel, you want to weigh in on this? You're welcome to join us here on the radio and on our Discord server, discord.lrn.fm. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want here. Take control of the airwaves at 855-450-FREE. The controversy over Captain Marvel, and uh, some people are mad because the actress said some things and has opinions that they don't like. Well, guess what? It turns out if you talk to most of these actors and actresses, there's probably a bunch of people in Hollywood that have opinions that you don't like. No. You know what? That's fine. Let her have yeah. opinions, and but then she, other people have opinions too. So she gets to say it, they get to say it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, we're going to continue with the discussion here in a moment, but also I do want to make sure that you know about Liberty.menu. If you're an individual who rejects the initiation of force and agrees to abide by the ethics of the non-aggression principle, Liberty.menu is the site for you. It's at, at its core a directory for events, businesses, and digital content. So if you're a liberty-oriented creator, whatever it is that you do, you should put it up on Liberty.menu and you might get a little bit more business, perhaps. More attendees at your conference or more viewers on your YouTube channel or whatever it is that you create. Liberty.menu. Use code FTL. You'll get a special Free Talk Live listener badge. We can't give you a discount because it's free to put your stuff up there and get on the map at liberty.menu. As we continue here, let's go to the phones and to your calls and thoughts. E-Greg is on the line on our Discord server. Go ahead, E-Greg. Hey, everybody. Do you mind if I change the topic a little bit go right to ahead. environmentalism? All right. All right. I think I'm a conservative in the sense that I would like to conserve the environment and the good things that we've been having until now. Um, but I think I can make a very strong capitalist argument uh, towards uh, carbon tax. And uh, that argument is actually made by uh, the Chicago School of Economics uh, after Milton Friedman. And it goes like this. Basically, pollution is, uh, shouldn't be free. Pollution is theft. Okay, You are basically stealing uh, things that were previously available to me, clean air, clean water, you know, and, and you're dumping, and that's a cost you impose on me a third party, and I should be compensated for that. What do you guys think of that, first of all? Well, I mean, especially if you're the owner of a waterway and somebody is polluting it, you absolutely are being damaged in that case. And uh, I think that's an interesting perspective. So I don't know whether I can say I own the air that I breathe, but I'm certainly homesteading it. <laughs> you know, I'm using it. Well, right. it's a commons. Um, I mean, this is all from Tragedy of the Commons. Adam Smith talked about it. The environment is an entire commons. And, you know, in order to protect it, it has to be brought into the market. So what you're talking about is bringing it into a market, a market mechanism for protecting it. Right. And right now, well, I don't know if that's no what market. he's talking about. <laughs> We're going to find out what he's talking about. But go ahead. Right well, I guess I, I can adopt that language. And then I'll just say right, that because if there's there a tax, no it's not the market. OK, if there's a tax, that's the government. So, you know, taxes are threatened with violence uh, backing them, whereas market action is generally not threatened with violence backing it. It, it would be a combination incentive. of the two because you're using a market mechanism, but it's imposed by the government because the environment can't impose it. Well, what is this market mechanism that you're speaking of? Though? Cap and trade. Yep, exactly. I don't know what that, that means. What does that mean? It Cap means and trade. that... Um, like, put a hat on and go to a flea market? Like, it, like the coal uh, power plants would have an allotment of the certain number of carbon emissions they're allowed to have. And so they can either invest in technology to reduce their own carbon emissions or they can purchase carbon emission allotments from another coal plant so that the other coal plant who puts, decides who gets what allotments the government 
Oh, so central the market. Committee. No, yeah. no, actually, that's not true. Uh, well, the what, government's what imposing is, it. Right. So basically what happens is you may not know the amount or the price that you should put. So that price discovery happens like this. The government may have a tax and it says, OK, this is the price. But the question is, then, how do you allocate uh, things? And that's the market. So the market still is used as a tool to allocate carbon credits uh, exactly to where they would be most uh, useful and, and cheap and desirable. So you shift things around and the market allocates exactly to the most efficient way that we can. But you put a cost on that negative externality, on that resource that you're polluting. And I think that cost we all share in that, you know, we, we should be compensated for that. What is the proof that, uh, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily buy the idea that carbon's a bad thing. Isn't it true that that's what plants crave? Well, we're not a plant. We expel carbon. Right. Uh, so therefore you're helping the, the forests. Well, I mean, if plants are the ultimate beneficiaries that you want them to survive and us Weren't to people die worried out, about then... cutting down the Amazon uh, rainforest many years ago? Uh, they're still worried. The Amazon rainforest is 20% of all the world's oxygen. Right, so it. wouldn't we want to help the the you know the trees? But there's only so much that the the trees and the plants can take in at a certain time. Okay, plant more trees. Great. Well, plant more trees is great, but yeah. we, we would great. have to plant as much as the United States uh, it has mm. land mass at this point. So otherwise, things are going to get hotter. Is that the theory? I'm not worried about temperature as much. I think the problem with this discourse and public discourse is that people are too focused on temperature and rising sea levels. Well, what is honestly the, what that's is the, what. What's the consequence? If there's not enough vegetation and trees to benefit from all the carbon that's being emitted, then what happens? Carbon is well, just one well, example. There's also sulfur in the in the um, coal power plants, which mm-hmm. create acid rain, and those will actually destroy the plants. There's more than one type of pollution. It's not just carbon. Exactly. There's methane. I just want to say about carbon, because you asked about carbon. Try going into a stuffy room with closed windows and just sit there for a while, maybe a couple of days, and see yourself what the consequences are to humans mm-hmm. of carbon. It's pretty much what we do all wintertime. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I'm like, I think Ian does that already. <laughs> well, it would be basically all year round everywhere on the yeah. earth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically right now the carbon concentration was 390 ppm. And in the last 10 years, it went up to 411 ppm. Mm-hmm. So it's rising. It's rising quickly. And it's dwarfed by the amount of carbon in the oceans which is causing the pH level to essentially drop and the fish can't adapt to that very easily. And so we get sort of this weird imbalance now. And it's certainly measurable. It's not a hoax. You can measure it yourself by going around the world and measuring it, you know. Okay. So uh, it is systemic. It is something that is not sustainable. And I'm saying from even the point of view of initiating an offensive measure, I think our children deserve someone to fight on their behalf fight how see this this is the issue we can uh, a lot of people agree that this is occurring we disagree on what's going to happen in 10 20 years but most of all we disagree on what to do about it because i certainly don't want to adopt uh, adopt uh, alexandria ocasio cortez's 93 trillion dollar suggestion which is just not gonna work (laughs) but i do want to adopt I do want to adopt a bipartisan bill that was proposed in November 2018. It's called the Carbon Tax and Dividend. And Andrew Yang, a presidential candidate, uh, endorsed this. Actually, it's one of his platforms. And I hope Bernie endorses it. But really, all it is, 
is it actually aligns incentives properly. It puts finally a cost on the carbon at the point of emission. And I can get into why that's important, the point of emission versus the point of extraction from the earth. Well, here, and, uh, before you go on, let's let's look at this, though, because there's other things going on in the free market right now that haven't required government intervention. And a lot of those are going on over at Tesla, where he's creating some uh, solar panels for roofs and cars, etc. The market is already on it. The market is dealing with this if we just give it a little more time because there is a demand for these products. I tend to agree that if that is what people want, if and I think most people do want clean air and, you know, nice forests, that the market can handle it the best rather than the state. More com- Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Doggo Suds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Doggo Sud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Doggo Suds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Free Talk Live. You're invited to join us here on the radio. You can bring up anything you want. Our number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733 with you tonight. It's Ian. I'm Laurel. And I'm Johnson. And also, uh, don't forget to check us out online over at freetalklive.com. We've got some social media options for you. Uh, where you can follow Free Talk Live's posts. It'll include like the things that we talk about on the air, so our show prep uh, in many cases. And also the new Free Talk Live video clips are shared out on our social media, including our Twitter at twitter.freetalklive.com. We're also on the decentralized alternative to Twitter, which I like better, called Mastodon. You can go to toot. T-O-O-T, toot.freetalklive.com to find our Mastodon channel. And there's also our Telegram channel as well over at telegram.freetalklive.com. So whichever one of those you prefer, you can follow us there. And we sure would appreciate it. As we continue with your calls and thoughts, we go to David in San Francisco. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I've been uh, facing off against this issue about uh, pollution and whose responsibility it is to clean it up. Uh, for years, you know, I'm closing in on 60 years old and watched, you know, nuclear power plants get away with murder, watched lead companies get away with murder, mining companies, uh, poisoning the, the shorelines, uh, just so many different issues. And they always have this excuse that the poor corporation has the right to make a buck, but they it's, it's unfair to make them clean up after themselves. So... You know, what's conservative about that? I'm not sure what that has anything to do with conservatism. I mean, that that's just straight-up protectionism. Um, I mean, a good example, of course, would be the BP oil spill out in the Gulf of Mexico, where it was the government who protected them from liability for that, up to, I think the amount was, the number that sticks in my head was $75 million. So meaning BP had to pay that much in cleanup, and then the taxpayers footed the rest of the bill, which was quite a bit yeah, more. Yeah. So that's just that's just protectionism. What is that has nothing to do with conservative or liberal. That's just the people in government protecting their buddies in the oil business. Right. And at the time, uh, these contracts, if I remember right, uh, they were able. 
able to declare it not a national crisis, but a regional crisis. And so they weren't able to bump up. If I remember right, it was like Louisiana had a, a top dollar price, you know, tort reform con uh, that said that you couldn't sue them for more than, you know, some high number. And that was the reason why they couldn't take it to the to the actual number. And it's it's the biggest phony con artist crap that, you know, passes for reality. You were talking about the rainforests, uh, you know, before. Those are the lungs of the earth. The oceans are, to some degrees, the the arteries of the earth. The rivers are the, you know, the blood system of the earth. Uh, and, you know, every part of, of the earth is a different ecosystem. It has different needs and different requirements. Um, you know, I'm reminded uh, a little over 100 years ago, say like before the Civil War, more like 150 years ago, the, the Mississippi River was so clogged with trees that it took like a, a battery ram, uh, a battering ram uh, a ship to clear the log jam that ran from Memphis all the way down to, you know, into the Gulf of Mexico. And it took this early steamboat, it just chopped and burned and chopped and burned and chopped and burned until they had a channel up the Mississippi River. Okay. But it was basically a million years worth of log jam in the lower Mississippi. Well, that had all sorts of life forms in it. You could basically walk across the Mississippi River in the trees and in the log jam. And uh, so all these fish were being spawned underneath it. Well, nowadays, you know, out here in California, this, the salmon have to have shady rivers to spawn. And there no, the reason why we don't have salmon like we used to is because all of the rivers are cut back to such a degree that there's basically no shade on the river, much less that there are logs that are clean across it, that they're, you know... You know you can farm wild. fish, right? Yeah, but wild-caught well, salmon are better for you. Is that right? Yeah, much yeah. less the earth has its own uh, ecosystem. And the idea that somebody's going to make a buck chopping that up but they're not going to do anything to uh, to resolve the, the loss. And the loss comes into, you know, you've got, nowadays with global warming, you've got fire ants are making their way north. Well, okay, you know, let me let me throw this in there. I think whenever possible, one should allow the market to work. And if government does anything, it's to make sure the market works. For example, if people are injured by what a power company is doing, they should be able to sue the power company for an act of aggression against them so that they can be stopped. Um, and when you see that there are market mechanisms out there that are beginning to deal with the carbon emissions and doing it doing it in a very uh, optimistic way, that should be allowed to work. Now, there may be times when there's nothing in sight and there's no obvious way for the market to handle the situation. And maybe some of those times there should be some limited government intervention, but we shouldn't automatically presume every single time that more government intervention is the solution. This is what we need to do. This is going to solve all of our problems. The government's one of the worst polluters known to man. Yeah. So, I mean, the idea that you would even oh, want them to limit it, uh, in, you know, get involved in the environment, mm-hmm. 
it means you're going to be limited the uh, you're going to be limiting the amount of damage they do. Uh, I would say they need to step the heck away from the entire thing and let private property owners protect their private property because it's in their best interest to retain the value of that property in case they want to sell it down the line. You know, a lot of these waterways that you're talking about uh, that you referenced, David, are not owned by anybody. They are, as you defined earlier, the commons, uh, mm-hmm. which means the government takes care of it, which means nobody really cares that much about it. Well, we, the people, are the people that are supposed to be the eyes and ears of our property. And uh, when you're talking about the government being a polluter, the government is the one that gives the rights to a company to pollute. And what's worst about that is is that the military, you know, in developing weapons creates a top-secret right to pollute. And so they don't even have to tell us when they're poisoning us. Oh, yeah, the military is the worst polluter in the government. There's no doubt about that. I don't know yeah, that governments. I don't know them. that governments give businesses the right to pollute. I think oh yeah, that, they do. I, oh yeah, they do. I sure. think businesses have the right to operate. No, the government actually will rent its property out. They will lease its property out to business owners who then clear cut and destroy that property. It's absolutely the case. Um, that's basically the purpose of the the lease of the property. That they way. may lease yeah, the property, Dixon, but they don't give. I think businesses have a right to operate. It's not a right that's given by the government. I think the right exists and the government may or may not recognize it. Well, your logic is right. It's just that Richard Nixon created the EPA and Justice Gorsuch's mother was the first director of the EPA and they basically set it up so that it's the government gives the right to pollute or the the option of pollution or the Well, the whole know, point the, of corporations is to protect people from liability, to protect the politically connected and the the shit. wealthy from liability, which is what, you know, again, both Republicans and Democrats have been allowing to happen for years. There's no way and it is no way as much of a partisan issue as they want you to think that it is. David, thanks for the call. The toll-free number here is 855-450 free Sarah is in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. I just want to say, Sarah, were you, you on the Rush Limbaugh show today? No, I, I haven't figured out. I never listened to his show, even okay. though it's supposed to be funny. One of our listeners no, said no, they no. thought they heard you today on the Rush Limbaugh show, so I figured I'd ask. No, I, I haven't. I don't. You know, I. It's a lot of. I. It's a lot of work just dealing with you guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But somebody's got to do it. Well, you can actually get through on this show. You can't get through on the Rush Limbaugh show. Oh yeah, he puts me. Uh, he puts you on hold for uh, three hours and then talk over you and hang up on so you. So you right have away. tried. You have tried to call the Limbaugh show. Oh no, I never did. Okay. And, um, I, I, I don't so you're presuming you would be placed on. I think she's probably right that like likely you'd be if you could get through, you'd be placed know. on she hold. She said he puts me. Mm. Hang on, Sarah. We'll bring you back. I know you were calling about something. 855-450-FREE. That's 855. Sarah might be trying to dupe us. (laughs) 855-450-3733. Maybe her name isn't even really Sarah. Maybe not. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Conspiracy. It's Free Talk Live. (laughs) You can bring up whatever you want here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. I'm Laurel. And I'm Johnson. Right now in the Discord chat room, E. Greg is going up against the Gene the Christian anarchist. Uh, E. Greg, of course, uh, was the guy that was just on the line with us who is... 
let's just say he wants to get the government at some level involved with the environment. And Gene, the Christian anarchist, is completely against that. Uh, Gene is uh, does not believe any of the uh, global warming, global climate change fear-mongering out there. And so the two of them are having at it right mm-hmm. now on the On Air Now channel. If you want to jump in and join the discussion, you can. Just go to discord.lrn.fm. And you can do it without the Discord app. They do have a web version of it, so you can try it out there. But I really do recommend the Discord app. It's a nice app. It works well, and it's free. Discord.lrn.fm. We go back to Sarah on the line in New Mexico. Sarah, what were you calling about tonight? Well, yes, Albuquerque, um, our city, is uh, going to reduce the, um, the speed limit downtown to 20 miles per hour. Oh, wow. From what? What is it right now? 30? She said uh, reduce it, it by 10. Maybe 30. Oh, I didn't hear I don't that. know. I, don't, I have no idea what it was, but it's way, it might be 30 or 35 different areas. Uh-huh. But it's way, way lower. Um, and I, I'm, we're looking at maybe five, five mile radius by another five mile radius, five mile square radius for five or eight miles. No, like, and so this is, uh, you're square. excited about this, right? Like you want cars to not go fast. 20 miles an hour is like a parking lot. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, but the thing is that it, to me, it's a um, it's a big deal. You know, I I really like it because uh, you know downtown is um, a lot of tourists are there, a lot of places to eat, you know, um, a lot of visitors and a lot of a lot of people like families come down and you know it's supposed to be a safer place for pedestrian and bicyclists. So it's a big deal to me and. How much you know, downtown about, is there in Albuquerque? How big is Albuquerque? Is downtown like three blocks? No, it's not a small city. I mean, Albuquerque is a decent-sized metro. Sarah would know. How big is Albuquerque? Well, the, um, Albuquerque downtown, I, I would say it's about like five miles by five miles by five miles, five, okay. five miles square radius, about it's that much. a decent much. size. But um, what's the population? Population like, almost 560,000. Yeah, it's a pretty big city, yeah. you know. And uh, to me, you know, I believe in small increments. You know, just little. I believe in little by little. Like I was telling How about you, five about miles an hour. The, I mean, if twenty miles an hour is better than thirty-five, what about five miles an hour? Just why make not it just, so you can't even press the gas pedal. Yeah, just don't don't have cars downtown. Just give everybody a bicycle. <laughs> well, I, I have no idea, you know, how far it's going to go, but one step at a time. But I you'd mean, be all right with this that. Is just, I mean, you would be okay with a total ban of all cars in downtown Albuquerque, right? Well, if they, if they provide buses mm-hmm. and, you know, if they have other means, I mean... Um, so, you know, yes, you are okay, okay with that. Me. Yeah. Will you change your mind once the first bus hits the first pedestrian? The thing is, that's, what did you say? The I said, would you change your mind, meaning would you also want to ban the buses if a bus hits a pedestrian? Well, they they they, play, they they have hit plenty of pedestrians already. The buses. Why don't you want to take the buses right? off the streets then? Well, I mean, but you got to deal with. Jesus um, I have bus. to. Live, I got to write something. Ah, uh, see, it is about something. you. This is all about you, isn't it? <laughs> You ride the bus, so therefore it's okay. The buses can stay on the streets, but all those people in cars, they need to get off the streets and get on the bus. Which, of course, as you've already admitted, buses also hit pedestrians, which is your purported claim about why you don't want cars on the streets in the first place. Well, the thing is, the buses have accountability. They got cameras. But the cars don't. They got twelve cameras. They monitor driver behavior. 
They caught them having sex with a prostitute on the bus. So yeah, I guess they, the cameras don't work because it's not deterring the behavior. <laughs> well, I mean, they're monitored. If you run, they that doesn't make a difference. I, the reason, look, nobody wants you. to run into pedestrians, okay? There's very few people that actually want to purposely, I mean, every now and then it happens. There was that incel guy who stole a van up in uh, Toronto or rented a van and then uh-huh. ran it down a street and, like, ran into 12 people. So, I mean, every now and then there's a psychopath, but... but cameras most, wouldn't stop that. Right, that cameras wouldn't stop that. And further, people, uh, you know, again, don't want to run into others, so 99.9% of the time... It's an accident. You know, somebody wasn't looking or somebody fell out in front of the car or fell out in front of the bus. A drunk person, for instance, walking on the sidewalk, mm-hmm. falls into the road. You know, there's not enough time to uh, to stop. And as we've seen from those statistics, that tends to be what, you know, it's actually drunk people that tend to get hit by cars uh-huh. more often than people who are sober. And so basically, you know, this is not an intention of the person behind the wheel. So accountability doesn't matter. It's not like you can... You know, you know, yeah, some people can drive more carefully, like if they're not texting or you know, changing the radio station or yelling at somebody in the back seat. But again, having a camera or not having a camera in a car or a bus will not affect the uh, you know the likelihood of having an accident involving a pedestrian. So basically, this is just about your personal preferences and forcing them on everyone. Well, and then I, I believe that one small increment—it's like the cigarette tax. You raise it. You $1 say increments. Increments year. toward what, though? Because usually, when people say, "Let's do this in they increments," they have a goal. What's your goal here? Small increments. So we got cigarette tax at three dollars and sixteen cents now, and then three—you know—next year. We're okay, but what's your what's your goal with the it's increments with the cars? And what's your goal, like? Well, okay, the thing is, uh, okay, 20 miles per hour, it's a good start. It's a whole attitude. Start toward what? Uh, about slowing down. So then the people would have the idea that they need to maintain the speed limit instead of always going 10 miles over the out. I mean, but you say it's a limit. start. So what's the finish? It's, a, it's, a, it's an ongoing progress. <laughs> progress <about> toward? <laughs> Towards uh, driving, better driving uh, of having pedestrian and bicyclists being important instead of just getting. Uh, so right now they're not important. They have their own lanes. They have bicycle lanes. Is I mean, your, how is your goal no fatalities whatsoever involving motor vehicles? Well, you know, I mean, that, I, I really believe that uh, that would be nice, but that's that like living utopia. in heaven as yep, long as okay. we're. Look, I, I, as long as I'm living on planet Earth, mm-hmm. we're going to always have pla- I mean, human error. That's a very realistic answer on your part, Sarah. No, I, what did you say? I said that's a very re- reasonable and realistic answer that, you know, it's impossible to right. eliminate all accidents and all deaths on the roads, as you've already admitted. As long as we're on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can say that about if we're on the other side, like spirit world. There's no Nobody dies over there. Sure. So there's, a, there's no accidents. How do you know? But, <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> Well, I mean, you're supposed to have an eternal life. There's no mm. death. That's the but that's the benefit. But we're going to have death here, so people have to die from the flu, pneumonia, or something here, and obviously auto fatality and bicycle fatality, yeah. and and that's part of the factor. But my goal is to and people die from cigarettes, secondhand smoke. That's they die from a lot of things. Like Everybody's going to die. 
Maybe the people who are pedestrians ought to be more careful around cars and not drink and walk near cars. And not that fall we're into hating on drunk people. You can get drunk if you want to. Just don't jump in front of a car. Yeah, don't okay, fall in front of the road because you're so drunk. I mean, that's what's going on here, Sarah. That's the big problem. Okay, what's more dangerous? You're drunk. Do you want to ban alcohol while we're at it? I mean, let's talk. Since we're talking about things to ban, why don't we bring back prohibition? It's alcohol a start. prohibition. It's a start. <laughs> well, it's a start. You know, I mean, if, if, if they could implement that, that'll be really great. Yeah, because it but worked you know, really great the, the first time, right, Sarah? Did you ever take a class in history? Like, did you ever learn about alcohol prohibition? Well, I mean, I I, I was told that they tried it, and, yeah. and but you know, what went told, wrong? Did you know that? Did what did they do wrong? Sarah, they tried pretty hard. I mean, they arrested a lot of people and destroyed a lot of businesses, uh, destroyed lives. What did they do wrong? What, how did they screw it up? Well, I don't know. We used to be number one in DWI. I'll tell you what they did, Sarah. Thank you for the call tonight. Uh, what they did was they created prohibition in the first place. You can't win. It's impossible. There's too much demand, so a right. black market sprung up and organized crime surrounded it, and things were right. so much worse. Yeah, uh, violence in the streets mm-hmm. uh, between gangs, shooting each other over territory, violence between the police and the you know speakeasies and the gangs, and people being arrested for you know no actual crime with a victim, just for buying and selling uh, this you know liquid and transporting it. And it, it was an abject failure. And finally, people realized that after some amount of time, and they repealed some of it. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we still have many of the vestiges of prohibition with us today, including uh, government control over alcohol in every state of the union to some extent or another. Some states are worse than others on that. Sarah, thanks for the call tonight. We got more on the way here. Your calls and thoughts are welcome. Hour number three is coming up. We can talk about Choke Point, Operation Choke Point. We can talk about the movies, the Marvel controversy, although I don't know if we've pretty much finished that one. Yeah. I think we probably have. Uh, and then also, if you want, we can talk about video games and loot boxes. Epic Games is being sued. Business owners, you want more customers? Accept cryptocurrencies. There's people all around you just waiting to spend money at your store. If only you would take it. I know, you've been waiting till someone else makes it easy. Well, good news. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com adds Bitcoin to your point of sale. Totally free. Use the same equipment you already have, now with Bitcoin. And unlike credit cards, there's no fees. Let the guys at HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com bring new customers to your store. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com Free Talk Live It's Free Talk Live. Dial on in toll free. We're going to put whatever you want. Our number is 855-450-FREE. Like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. We do have the Discord on-air call-in line rooms over at Discord. Dot .lrn.fm with you tonight. It's Ian. I'm Laurel. And I'm Johnson. So uh, we're going to get into this Operation Choke Point coming up here. Also, Epic Games has been sued over the llama loot boxes that are being called predatory. What is a llama loot box? Why are they predatory? Does it matter? Well, apparently a lot of people are playing these video games these days, especially kids. And they're spending their parents' money on these loot boxes we'll tell you what that is all about uh coming up here in a little bit now uh back to the phones and to your calls and thoughts we got bad slave on the line hello bad slave you're on our discord server hi Ian. thanks for taking the call yes, sir. i am uh just completely incensed by the the idea 
that uh, that we need to work on some carbon footprint, uh, which you know I, there I think there's plenty of questions on on both sides of the issue as to whether the the actual uh, cause and effect of supposed uh, ice caps mounting melting and, and what have you are are actually uh, due to the uh, the minuscule. I mean, they're talking parts per million of carbon in the atmosphere. Uh, you know, oxygen has, you know, 20 percent. Well, my feeling on this is that the weathermen can't predict what the weather will be in a month. I can't so, predict it tomorrow. Yeah. Right, right, right. And we and, do and I, know that some things are going on, and I'm not going to deny that um, some of the observable changes aren't happening. I think that they are. We just don't know what direction we're going in exactly. It could be a disastrous direction or not. Do we want to throw our entire economy away on maybe, but we don't know? So, well, uh, you know, I say proceed with caution and don't completely well, or destroy our con- economy exactly. while we're figuring this out. And one of the best ways to do that, Laurel, it would be to to shrink the federal government, shrink the the military expenditure, shrink the uh, you know I you think uh, you can run around with these ships all over the seven seas uh, and and not be dumping all kinds of of carbon into the atmosphere. You know, it's it's just ridiculous. We had a military. I, you know, we had a military guy call in years ago to tell us that he actually has witnessed them just throwing stuff off the side of ships <laughs> for budget reasons, for budgetary yeah, reasons, because they wanted they, to buy they, more stuff the next year. They do that stuff all the time. Right. The, mil- the mean, other another military know. guy told us that um, in the I forget what uh, division he was in, but it wasn't the Navy. It was you know Army or Marines or something like that. You know, that they would just blast through ammunition so they could like get more ammunition. They had to cycle through all this ammo like just for uh, for no reason whatsoever beyond budgetary. We want more. We need bigger well, budgets. Exactly. I, I, you know the, the the Constitution never authorized the. Even a a sliver of this. The Constitution only, as I understand it, authorized a standing navy, but it did not authorize a standing army at That's all. Correct. Yeah. And and they have to pass every two years uh, the, uh, the reauthorization. You know, right. Yeah. yeah. Right. The and only I, the the intention was that they were supposed to, if they wanted an army, they would have to bring it together for the purpose specifically of defense and and you know going to war right. in that case. And, and they just and, decided they wanted to keep it all the time, which was against the intentions of the founding fathers. And how many false flag operations have occurred in order to start these wars? I mean, the the you know the the Lusitania, you know the mm-hmm. the, the big Kahuna in World War One. That was just ridiculous. They, they, the Germans tried to notify the Americans to not get on that ship because they're going to sink it, and they sunk it. And and you know that the press was uh, kept from that information that the that that there were uh, articles written or or you know uh, I don't know if. But, you know, exactly the nature of the articles or the, you know, the ads that they put in. But the Germans tried to, to notify 
the Americans that that mm. that's what was going to happen if uh, you know if people got on that ship. I hadn't and, heard that. I'll have to check that out later. Well, there was also the Gulf yes. of Tonkin that uh, was a false flag that basically started World well, there War you go. Uh, that uh, started Vietnam, and then of course there was the uh, McCullough Memo in World War II that essentially positioned the United States to get attacked uh, by the Japanese. They essentially wanted to angle yeah. that to make that happen so they'd have and, an excuse kept, to get into the war. And kept the Pacific Fleet from from knowing about the, the attack because yeah. they actually had the intel uh, that the, the prior to uh, yeah. the attack on Pearl Harbor. Yeah, not only did they want, want it to come, they knew that it would, and they did whatever they could so, to, ma- to make it happen. So we, we put up with all this kind of crap. This stuff is all you know, recorded in history. And and the fact is, is that these people think that it, you know, that we need to tax the people more to, you know, screw them basically Mm -hmm. uh, with, you know, on this whole carbon footprint thing. And, and, you know, no, start with reducing the costs, start with reducing what the federal government does. Great proposal. I mean, many- Unfortunately, no Republican or Democrat is going to propose actually reducing the military. Unfortunately, it's just not even something that well, but, they can do politically. Even, Ian, even just the uh, just the cars driving around uh, doing some so-called federal business within the country. Sure, it's a lot. How of many cars. of those could be, you know? sold off. And, sure. And, I see them on the road all the time with their U.S. government plates. Hey, thanks for the call, know. Bad Slave. Great call. Appreciate it. Good suggestion. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like Americans really care that much about, uh, you know, having, well, at the very least, the politicians don't care about reducing the size of the government. I mean, certainly there's individuals who do. There's a lot of people who are very concerned with the size of the government, but it's just those people don't make it to the level of politics because usually those people are productive people and they're people that actually, you know, have careers and they have jobs or businesses or whatever, things that they do that are actually important uh, in the world and they don't want to spend their time doing political action. Mm-hmm. I can't blame them at all uh, for that because it's a huge time waster. It's a huge just treadmill, basically. Government is very, very wasteful. Yeah, people who do get into it get frustrated. There's a guy in Keene, for instance. His name is Bob. He is uh, kind of like the Dr. No of the city of Keene uh, City Council. He is, I wouldn't call him a libertarian, but he's more freedom friendly than the other city councilors are. And he worked hard to get elected to that position. He went door to door, knocked on doors, talked to voters who were both Republicans and who were undeclared. And he managed to turn what was a left leaning. Uh, ward in the city to vote for him. Awesome. So he displaced a individual who had been in that seat for quite a while or had been in the council for quite a while and was very, very popular. I didn't think that he had a chance of defeating him, but he did. And now he's frustrated and he's going to he's he's not coming back. Aww. So, yeah, he gave it four years, you know, one term, basically. And he's like, yeah, I'm not coming back. This huh. is crazy. This is way too. I mean, you're you're the only guy, right, of of fifteen counselors, right, that's going to actually say no to things. Essentially, for the most part, there's a couple of other ex- ex- exceptions on certain issues, but the dude's he's he's fed up. He got burned out, and so that's what the system does to people: is it burns them out, and it burns them out fast. If they had good intentions. Now, if you're all about you know 
making your uh, your buddies happy with sweetheart deals and punishing your enemies. If you're a total politician, then of course you're going to love the system and you're going to love every little bit of power that, uh, that you my, aggregate to One yourself. of my associates who, uh, who was a lefty said that one of the things that made her consider not being a lefty anymore was she ended up, she worked for government for a little while in Texas and mm. could not believe how many sweetheart deals the governor was giving to his buddies. And that uh, all of their reporting... And he was a lefty governor? No, actually he was a Republican, so fair enough. But she was seeing how inefficient government was. From the inside. From the inside. All right, and it doesn't make it any better whether it's Republicans or Democrats who are in charge of it. uh, Unless you can actually cut it back, like Bad Slave was suggesting. But that's not happening at the federal government level. 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. You join us on the radio. This is Free Talk Live. Choke Point, coming up. Free Talk Live, dial toll-free to bring up what you want. Our number here is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. We do have the Discord on-air call-in line rooms at discord.lrn.fm. And thank you to Chip, who is a Free Talk Live gold amplifier. AMP means advertise, market, and promote. It is a program for listeners who actually want to help support Free Talk Live directly. I mean, it's great when you share the show. We certainly do appreciate that. We appreciate the fact that you're out there listening. And uh, so thank you to everybody at whatever level of participation you have. But if you want to go above and beyond the call of duty, then please join the AMP program. It's 5 bucks a month, and uh, Chip is a gold amplifier, which means he's doing $10 a month. So thank you, Chip. Uh, for doing that and you get some perks you get some benefits uh as a result of being an amplifier you can do it with by the way paypal credit card and bitcoin btc so go and get signed up over at amp.freetalklive.com that's amp.freetalklive.com as we continue here it's ian tonight i'm laurel and i'm johnson to the phones and your calls and thoughts here and then coming up uh, we can talk about operation choke point david is in new mexico you're on free talk live hello david yeah, picking up where I left off, but um, regarding legal strategy, where um, you the last thing we said is you suggested that uh, I could do some legal fighting when I got arrested a second time for calling a government agency asking questions that are pertinent and legit and and legitimate under law, and uh, being told that I'm basically bothering them, and if I call them back to ask my questions again before a week from that date as opposed to the next day to check status to find out if uh, an attorney has yet been appointed, as it is uh, mandated under a specific statute, that they would ne- they would uh, call the sheriff on, on me, which is I take as a threat because on your program um, you uh, uh, cite the threat of men with guns and the damage they can do, even in the most benign law enforcement situation, um, you know, like a traffic stop, taillight out, um, and so it, I take it as a, as a threat, uh, and, and I also allege that I'm um, acting in a lawful manner under my rights by law to call a government agency once a day to check a status uh, of some action that they are prescribed by law to be mandated to take. And um, So wait a minute, did you get arrested uh, for, uh, for calling back? Uh, no, what I what I did is is that's the legal strategy, and um, and Laurel uh, is welcome to comment on this if she wants to. What I did instead is I called the sheriff's department. I called the, the sheriff's office himself and talked to his assistant. I mean, he doesn't answer the phone. He his assistant does obviously, and then he either gets back to you or he doesn't. And I said I said to her, uh, this was a uh, Ms. Walsh, I believe it is. 
um, uh, I, I'm, uh, she needed to find the appropriate people and give me a call back, and we'll see whether they bother to call me back or not. Um, I reminded her that the last time, six months earlier, when she said she'd get somebody to call me back, nobody ever did. Mm-hmm. But what I what I said to her is, here's the situation. I this is this is a, a legal notice, and I need guidance from Bernalillo County Sheriff's Department, uh, Manny Gonzalez, sheriff, or whoever he may designate, because. Uh, a government worker uh, named Monica Rodriguez in the Albuquerque Children's Court threatened me uh, that she's going to use you, Bernalillo County Sheriff's Department, as a tool to attack me. Um, she's alleging it's lawful, and I'm alleging it's unlawful. And mm. so, Sheriff Manny Gonzalez, I want to know what you're going to do, and I want to and I want to get that uh, yeah, I want to get that casually uh, on the phone, and then I want it in writing as to you know here's the, here's what they're going to call you for, mm-hmm. and what are you going to do. And and um, you know, they can respond, and then I'll, then I will know, and then I can act re- accordingly. Whether that means filing a federal lawsuit, and, and have they responded? The Has the sheriff uh, responded? As as I said a moment ago, they have not okay. yet responded. It's been it's been three or four days, yep. and so I'm about. It's on my things to do to call them back and ask the question a second time. And and like I said, and if they don't respond in a in a uh, an appropriate manner in a timely fashion then I'll inform them uh, have you considered go going down there with a video camera um I, I'm I, not I, sure I, what I, kind I, of response you're looking for from them why well, I, I just told you he, what he I, wants them to I'll, say I'll what they will do good. he says that uh, he's been told to not call back this bureaucrat he's been calling a bureaucrat and asking mm-hmm. questions she doesn't like that he's asking her questions she said don't call me back or I'm calling the sheriff and so you're, you've gone to the sheriff's department and have now said someone has threatened to use you against me. So they're threatening me, uh, and I want to know what you're going to do about yeah, it. Yeah, the right? police are under no obligation to tell you what's going to happen next. Yeah, they're not they're obligated not to do any anything. Obligation until I put them – you still there? Right here. Yeah. yeah. They're not under any obligation until I put them under one. No, you and, can't. And you can't put them under I, an obligation. Uh, I can put them under an obligation if I summon you to court with it with a lawful summons in the form of a federal complaint that that, that is backed up by the federal court. Then uh, I I can put them under an obligation. Well, to then answer. they're obligated to you know, go so to court, I, but that's not right. an obligation to you. Well, actually, it is because I'm I'm the petitioner in the case, and they and and I and if I if I cause them to have their general counsel send a lawyer to the federal courthouse to answer in front of a federal judge, which are often friendly to cases like this in this jurisdiction, I have noticed. Yeah, then, then, then he would be obligated done, in have, court to to answer the questions. But as if far they don't as, have it tossed out, right? As far as they're going to file a motion to dismiss first and foremost. But he doesn't have an obligation to call you back or. No. Unfortunately, he doesn't. It would be nice yeah. if there was such an obligation. I thank you, David. I wish you the best with the, the strategy there. Uh, the toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. Unfortunately, uh, Laurel, you're correct. The uh, Supreme Court has ruled again and again that uh, the government at no level, certainly the police, do not have any obligation. They have no obligation whatsoever to provide you with any level of service. They don't ob- well, they're, they're not obligated, obligated to call you to, back. They're not ab- obligated to tell you what they're going to do in an instance that hasn't happened yet. They have no obligations, period. They're not obligated to call you back. They're not obligated to show up when you call them. Mm-hmm. They're not obligated to solve a crime. They're not, ob- not obligated to even try to solve a crime. They're not obligated to do anything mm-hmm. for you. You have to pay their taxes that fund their organization or else then they'll come and arrest you. Uh, but uh, that's, you know, that's all they got to do is just arrest you if you don't pay. They're not going mm-hmm. to do anything else.
So, uh, unfortunately, that's you know the mythology of the government, and a lot of people believe it because you see you know folks like uh, George W. Bush or Barack Obama or you know Donald Trump behind a podium claiming that it's their job as president to protect the American people. There's this idea out there that the government is there to keep you safe, that the government is there to protect you, and the reality is it's not, and it and it never was. I've had to explain this to lots of clients who want to make the government do something. And I have to explain, you are at their mercy. You have a case that's going on and we're waiting for them to act. There is nothing we can do to make them act. You are at their mercy. You must wait. Sure. I've said that many times to clients. It's tough. I mean, I wish that uh, it would be nice if your tax money actually did obligate them to do something. But unfortunately, it's just a total scam from top to bottom. And they've managed to uh, pull the wool over people's eyes. Yeah, the services I'm talking about are actually not paid for with taxpayer dollars. It's uh, application fees, but same thing. Sure. Well, you're still paying them. But they have no exactly. obligation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a typical uh, government system. So uh, we've got this choke point, Operation Choke Point. You've been doing a lot of research on this. I've been this- doing some research because some of my subscribers on YouTube wanted me to go ahead and look at it. This now, is Johnson, a- you haven't heard of the choke point? No, I've not heard of this. All right. So we're going to come back and talk about this. Yep. It's uh, It has to do with a lot of the de- deplatforming. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, basically, government kind of uh, created deplatforming efforts, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah, sort of. allegedly. We'll get into it here. Uh, our number is 855-450-FREE. Like Freedom, that's 855-450-3733. You can bring up what you want. And this is Free Talk Live. LRN.FM now has a Discord. Discord is a free text and voice chat platform, and we now have our own server with a bunch of channels at discord.lrn.fm. You can join other listeners as they chat about various things during our live shows, or anytime, day or night. Discord software is available cross-platform, so you can have it on whatever device you want and take your chats anywhere. Join our Discord at discord.lrn.fm. That's discord.lrn.fm. Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. Like Freedom, that's 855-450-3733. And we've also got the Discord on-air call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. In fact, that's where we're going to next. And also want to make sure you know how to uh, subscribe to the Free Talk Live podcast over on our website. You just go to feeds.freetalklive.com. That's feeds.freetalklive.com because there are more than one of them uh there's the full podcast which has the full archives of the show plus the daily digest version which is a much shorter version of free talk live and uh, there's also a feed that just has the full show and then there's a feed that just has the daily digest so if you're time challenged you don't have enough time to listen to a full two hour long podcast every single day Maybe the Daily Digest is something you want to look at. So check it out over at feeds.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones to the Discord, where Alaloka is on the line. Hello. Hey, there's my internet sounding better today. Sounds great. Go ahead. Yes, awesome. I wanted to counter Egrek's claim um, because he wanted me to explain this all in Discord, and I'm like, this is too much. So um, I wrote all this down, so bear with me. I wanted to uh, state... First off, air pollution is one of the problems that he stated, correct? Yeah, I believe, he was talking about pollution, sure. Okay. Photoplankton produces 50 to 80% of the Earth's oxygen, and that's in the ocean. So the problem Ikrig was stating is that he wanted to leave a f- cleaner for the future generation. If, if it only takes 
three days for photoplankton to reproduce, how long will it take for the earth to start self-healing? Um, because I feel like he thinks that this is such a detrimental thing that it's going to take years to heal. But if photoplankton only takes three days to heal, like, honestly, how long would it take for it to start going? That's just my that's just my thought. No, wait, when you say and, healing, what do you mean? Do you mean like after like cars are banned or something or what? No, just healing from pollution. So, but I mean, isn't that going on right now? Or are you saying that it can't heal because there's too much pollution? I'm not sure what you're you're saying. No, I'm saying that his thoughts were that we're producing so much that the trees and other plant organisms cannot heal itself, heal the earth. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that photoplankton takes three days to to reproduce and if we were allowed to grow photoplankton oh okay what do you mean allowed to grow it well that's my next point okay well if we were allowed to seastead which we are already doing now 70 percent of the earth is made up of water of the earth's ocean so the reason why government doesn't want us for example seasteading is because we're going to create so-called tax-free haven we're going to you know uh, leave countries and create our own societies. And they don't want you doing that because, of of course, they want you to pay taxes. And they mm-hmm. also think that you're going to create waste in the ocean, which brings me to my other point. We wouldn't have such detrimental waste, example, plastic, if we, for example, had hemp. I mean, I don't know. If, I'm pretty sure you guys are familiar, but hemp grows really fast. Mm-hmm. It's a great substitute for plastic. Um, it's used to build houses. Um, it's used to build other things. Before you but go on, I, I want to go back, come back to the photoplankton thing because I'm not a scientist, so I don't know. Phytoplankton. Phytoplankton, thank you. I, I don't know a whole lot about it. How is it that human seasteading is going to increase the amount of phytoplankton? Because if we start seasteading, we can actually oh. start planting underneath, planting the pho- like start growing the photoplankton. So you're because just saying the fact that people are out there means that they can encourage these things to, to grow? Yeah, because I know right now for the seasteading movement, they're actually doing something very similar. I forgot what it was. I think it was with coral. And coral is another thing that produces oxygen. So if we can start doing coral and phytoplankton, then I don't see hmm. why this would be an issue. So seasteading encourages the growth of phytoplankton. It could. It, was, it could and with coral. Yes. Okay. So there's an interesting study that was done by an actual physical chemist. Uh, physical chemist. Um, uh, Dr. Peter J. Carson, uh, who actually went and uh, examined, you know, did this examination and did the, you know, like the math, the chemistry kind of math uh, using, um, you know, the it's like kind of a chemistry is like almost like somewhere between physics and like, you know, advanced mathematics where they have like variables and can do equations based on uh, reactions of these different things. And this guy went and basically... Uh, took the calculations for CO2 in the various atmospheres of different planets. So uh, Earth, Mars, Venus, um, I think maybe Jupiter, another a couple of different planets, mm-hmm. and basically uh, said if you account for pressure and you know distance from the sun and you start eliminating the variables, right, and you do the, the equations for it, uh, the greenhouse effect is nonsense. It's completely has absolutely no effect on an atmosphere. Atmos- that atmospheric anthropomorphic global warming is complete nonsense. And that the amount of CO2 
um, is not what affects the heat of an atmosphere. That hmm. essentially it is the atmospheric pressure. So is our pressure the primary going up, going down? Because we've it's been not, measuring, it would not be changing. Like because of the generation of CO two, just that that would not have an effect on the. Atmosphere. So it may be changing, but it doesn't have anything to do with. CO2. Yeah, basically, this guy said this guy had had come to a very well reasoned uh, conclusion that anthropomorphic anthropomorphic or anthropogenic uh yeah, anthropomorphic is yeah not anthropomorphic beasts that look human <laughs> hi i'm your atmosphere <laughs> i'm getting really warm no uh, no anthropogenic uh global warming is is a fiction and then so, sometimes people argue but the consensus among scientists is and of course the response to that is science is not a democracy the facts are the facts right well, and science is a process to determine what is true over time. And mm-hmm. it's constantly about challenging yeah. what is currently believed. Right. right. So, uh, Alaloka, more that you wanted to share? Yeah. I wanted to counter his air pollution. Um, for me, because I study, well, I'm studying a lot about private property rights and laws. And I think that government is always, is always going to continue to protect and punish those who are helping create solutions for air pollution because they get paid by these factories mm. you know they make laws you know they one hand washes the other this is how they work with the current government system that we have now but in a libertarian society these factories wouldn't they wouldn't have anyone to pay because let's say each factory had their own private insurance and we as a society or me or me as an individual have my own private insurance and let's say the air pollution crossed over my pro- private property lines. My insurance company, if I could prove that they were polluting my side of the my private area, that I can have my insurance make a claim, a lawsuit against their company, and you know they can handle it through arbitration. Unlike the current government system that we have now, let's say we wanted to make laws and changes through a voluntary society, we could do that because we move a lot faster. We can make rules a lot faster and more efficient, unless, unlike government that takes, how long does it take, for example, how long does it take for a government to make one law go into action? Right or... now, forever. Congress is very slow exactly. at the moment. So, I mean, for, for me, I'm just saying, E, Greg, you can't fix a government problem with government solutions. Like, the, you can't <laughs> do that. That's for sure. But that's, that's what the government what... wants you to think. I mean, they really do benefit when people believe that, oh, we just need the government to do this thing. And, of course, you know, it's the government that started the problem uh, or authorized the companies to create the problem in the first place or refused to do anything to stop them. Uh, Alaloka, thanks for the call tonight. appreciate hearing mm-hmm. from you there on our Discord server as we go and continue with Gene the Christian Anarchist also on the Discord server. Go ahead, Gene. Hey guys, also hey. Uh, I'm going to talk about the uh, global warming as as well. Um, right. I was on, like you mentioned earlier, I was chatting with E. Greg about mm-hmm. uh, global warming and I went through the trouble and I've mentioned this in the past to actually run some numbers myself. I got tired of waiting for scientists to do everything. So what I did was I took all of the figures uh, for known reserves for all of our fossil fuel reserves. Not just what we're burning each year, but what we have for the next In the United years. States or the gl- on the globe? On the globe. Okay. And I said, let's burn it all up in a second and see how much CO2 that puts in the atmosphere. And those numbers, I put the link on the Discord. Uh, all right, stand by. You'll have to give us a summary here in moments. More coming up here. Gene, the Christian anarchist, on the line. He's in our Discord chat. If you want to talk to him. 
All you got to do is join the Discord server. Go to discord.lrn.fm. I don't, I'm not going to say he's in there every night, but it's darn close to it. Uh, discord.lrn.fm. Jump on in there, and we'll continue in moments with Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free, bring up whatever you want here. Uh, even in these remaining moments, we have enough time for you. Our number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We do have the Discord on our call-in line rooms for you as well over at discord.lrn.fm. Been a pretty busy night on the phone, so uh, I think we only had the chance to get to your show prep tonight johnson so we never really even got to this uh choke point thing which i don't know maybe we'll be able to say a few words on it but we still got calls coming in uh number here 855 450 free like free talk live or like freedom as we continue with uh, gene the christian anarchist he's still on the line on discord go ahead gene yeah well briefly uh i ran the numbers uh how what it would take if you how much CO2 we'd get if we burned up all of the known reserves that exist in the planet right now in just a matter of a second, and then how much CO2 would that add to the atmosphere, what percentage, and so on. Anyway, I ran those numbers. I put them on the Internet. I posted a link on the Discord a couple of times now to Mm -hmm. the place where I posted it. Uh, I posted it on my my website and also on minds.com. But anyway, it comes – when I run the numbers – it comes to less than one-tenth of one percent increase in atmospheric volume if you burned all of the fuel reserves. And that, uh, you know, if you added that to the atmosphere. Less than one-tenth of one percent? Is that what you said? Yes, and that's in one second. If you burned it all up in one... People don't realize the mass of the atmosphere. The atmosphere mass is huge. And the amount of fuel we're burning is minuscule. So hmm. I run those numbers. I've challenged people to look at them and see where I made, if I made a mistake, because I'm not a professional scientist. I don't do this for a living. But if a dummy like me can throw these numbers together and show that we're not making a big enough, a, most, a significant enough dent on this atmosphere to make a difference, then these scientists surely know it. They've got to know it. But anyway, I, I was chatting with E. Greg on the Discord and he, of course, says says that we're going to destroy the planet. So I, I gave him the link. I said, "Go to go here, spend some time on it, run the numbers, show me where I'm wrong." I'm challenging people to show me where I'm wrong with my numbers. They're right out there for. There's a chance you made a mistake, right? I mean, these are big numbers. There's there, a lot of fuel. There is there's a chance. You know, there's a very real chance that I made a mistake. But I did plug it all into a spreadsheet, so I didn't trust my my little pea brain to these numbers. I mm-hmm. actually spread put all the values into a spreadsheet and then just had formulas to figure out the answer. And didn't you say that he disappeared after you challenged him? Maybe he's busy uh, reading the the site. Uh, Who knows? He might have to go take a shower or something. I don't know. Could be. be. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Gene, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. Uh, Again, the uh, the Discord is open for anybody that wants to go and, and chat. With folks like Alaloka and Gene and a bunch of our listeners in there, uh, some people who never call into the show, and that's okay because most people just listen. But if you want to get interactive with other listeners, it's a cool thing to do. Just go to discord.lrn.fm. Let's continue here. Jeremy's in Massachusetts. Jeremy, go ahead with your thoughts. You're hey, watching on Twitch. Hey, hey uh, what's on your mind? How are you? How are hey. you? What's on your mind tonight? 
Um, I just, I don't know. I, I, I feel a lot of guilt, uh, um, and I, I'm well physically sick as well. Mm, sorry to I hear that. Made, um, I, uh, I made a, I don't know how to say it. Um, basically I've been living with my girlfriend for about, uh, two months now okay. and she has these two beautiful dogs. Um, but Today, um, got one of them got loose while she was away at work, and I, he got hit by a car. Oh man, and that's that's rough. She gets home in an hour. Did he and, did he get um, killed by the car or just you know wounded? No, he was he he was still alive. Oh man. Um. But uh, I, I didn't want her to explain this. And how did it, how did the dog I, get out? I left the back door open. Yep. Okay. I don't know how to explain that. Okay. And well, people make mistakes. I mean, how new are you in this relationship with this girl? I, I, I think I think we both love each other very much. But I, 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 we did. Yeah, but how new are you? Like how you said you'd moved in two months ago. Were you dating her for a year prior to that? Or is this, you know, how long, how long you been together? Well, two months. Oh, only two. You moved in with her on month number one? Yeah. That's a little unusual, don't you think? But, you know, Tinder's a beautiful thing. That's besides the point, okay? <laughs> what kind of All dog right, was I it? I want to hear the rest of the... Yeah, okay, go ahead. What kind of dog was it? Um, uh, well, he was a pit bull meets a German Shepherd. A very beautiful, humble dog. Okay. Was this in Albuquerque? I don't know. I want to know where the story's going. Okay, so the, dogs, uh, the dog got let out. It got hit by a car. Then what? I don't want to explain his. I, I didn't want to explain his injuries. We can't afford that here. I, they they tax the hell out of that, and it's just it, it's crazy. So I mean, and and she wasn't home yet. She was working. She's working late today, mm-hmm. and she wouldn't put dinner on the table. So I I I, I was curious. I was curious. I, I I wanted to know what he. I wanted to know what he tasted like. Okay. Oh my god. I. What the thigh. The thigh seemed like the the, the meatiest part of protein, and I I, I put it on a, on a pan. And guys, I, I, I mean, you, I'm really are you saying you cooked really your girlfriend's sick. injured dog after it got hit by a car? Guys, Did it I taste like chicken or what? Either. Everybody wants to know. What I don't know if you guys. How I can get the smell out of this apartment? It did not taste like chicken. It tasted like like it tasted like the way his hair smells. And I, uh, Thank you for the call tonight, guys, Jeremy. Really- I appreciate it. Well, I'm glad he didn't say anything profane. That was I know, was yikes. waiting for it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Wow. Okay, so there you go. Um, some people actually do eat dogs over in uh, certain parts of China. China, yeah. Nigeria. Still a thing. Nigeria. Arctic and Antarctic, Vietnam, Switzerland. Really? Indonesia, South Korea. All of those part, places in the world still. Yeah. They're, they're eating dogs. Huh. Yeah. All right. Uh, because ch- I did go and search cultures that yes, eat dogs. Yes, you did. <laughs> you were right on time, too. Uh, it was perfect. So, Chuck Point. 
What is it that you that you wanted to uh, explain about choke point in, in the last three minutes that we have? Yeah. Um. So choke- we, we did talk about it over the weekends. Okay. So I just a quick background on choke point. The government decided that the best way to get rid of businesses that it didn't like mm-hmm. was to. Um, take away financial services from them. So the the FDIC, there were bureaucrats who allegedly told banks to cancel accounts on gun manufacturers. It's not allegedly. This is all, uh, there was a memo Mm -hmm. saying what types of businesses that they didn't like and that they just. What what was on the memo? Gun manufacturers? It was a lot. It was the ammunition. I mean, a number of the businesses were, of course, illegal, like Ponzi Marijuana. Um, The the illegal ones were get-rich scams, Ponzi Mm -hmm. schemes, Debt consolidation scams. Right. So there was those types of things, but there were also legitimate businesses such as pornography. Like payday loans, right? Weren't the payday, payday loans, loans were the big right. uh, emphasis of it, uh, but also, as you said, ammunition sales, mm-hmm. racist materials, whatever racist means. Right. Um, so things of that nature. And they really pressured banks and um, third party payment processors not to do business with these entities. So mm-hmm. Congress finally found out that they were doing this. And there was a big, there was a congressional hearings, et cetera. And the FDIC defended its position and hmm. said they didn't do anything wrong. And then finally, when the Trump administration came in, they, the FDIC sent a letter to Congress saying that the program was over. Do you believe it? No, <laughs> because what we're seeing is um, third party payment processors, when they go to apply for a license, for mm-hmm. a banking license, because that expands what you can do as a third party payment processor, they are at the time they are applying for the license doing the deplatforming for things like, um, a, you know, the for like YouTube uses Google Wallet because YouTube is owned by Google, by Google and right. Google Wallet had applied for a banking license right around the time they started purging people from that platform. Mm-hmm. But what we are also seeing is uh, choke point like activities that probably aren't coming from. The, by the way, at the FDIC, nobody was fired mm-hmm. and the people who created not. the program are still there in the positions they were in before. And these are the people who... So much for draining the swamp. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So we can talk more about it next week, but there's a lot having to do with MasterCard and Chase Bank that are related to Operation Choke Point but aren't coming from the FDIC as far as I Chase is just doing its own thing, apparently. Yes, yes. Uh, So that's Laurel Scott. YouTube channel is slash Laurel's channel. Yes. Okay. And then Johnson, LibertyMinded.com, official Free Talk Live merchandise and other really cool shirts, LibertyMinded.com. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, it's another edition of the Edgington Post Show coming to you live from the North American Bitcoin Conference. And it is, uh, well, it's crowded already, even in the midst of Bitcoin winter. We've got people all over the place, including Bradley Cam from Unstoppable Domains. Bradley, tell me, what do you got going on over there at Unstoppable Domains? Unstoppable Domains, we build domain names on the blockchain. Okay. So instead of using the traditional DNS, uh, we will just put your domain asset on the blockchain itself. You are a DNS or you're somehow getting past a DNS? We are essentially replacing DNS. So Interesting. What's, so what's going to happen is you will D- have... DNS stands for? Uh, domain, name, domain name service. Yep. Okay, so what that means is, for those that don't know, you type in uh, Amazon.com. Well, Amazon.com has a real address, which is a bunch of letter or numbers. And um, in order to type in Amazon.com, somebody has to associate, a DNS has to associate the name to the numbers. And that's what you guys do. Mm-hmm. Now, why would I want to go and buy a uh, DNS from, or a, excuse me, a URL from you guys instead of getting a URL from GoDaddy and getting a .com? 
So there's two main use cases. Uh, the first use case is around payments. So what's going to happen in the future is you're going to buy blockchain-based domain names. It'll be yourname.zil, for example. Uh, and then you'll attach your cryptocurrency addresses to it. Your Bitcoin address, your Ethereum address, whatever. And when somebody wants to pay you, they're going to go into a wallet. They're going to type yourname.zil. And that will resolve Z-I-L? Z-I-L. Okay. And, that will, and it'll pay you. Okay. So... Let me get this straight. If I, for whatever reason, people want, people send me crypto all the time. I think it's <laughs> wonderful. But I have to put a whole bunch of different addresses out there um, in order to get paid. And um, in this case, they can just pay me on their wallet. And all they need to know is a human-readable name, and that's it. So in my case, say freetalklive.zil, Z-I-L, and then send me any kind of crypto to that uh, address through their regular wallet, and then we're in it to win it. Exactly. Now I've never I use wallets all the time. I don't know how to um, you know. I, I I guess I'm just not experienced of having done this before. So if I just go in my regular Edge wallet, Edge.app, um, and I type in, maybe it's EdgeWallet.app, <laughs> um, and I type in FreeTalkLive.zil, I can send money to FreeTalkLive. Not quite yet. Okay. Uh, so Dodzilla officially launches in May. We have uh, pre-orders now. Okay. Uh, by May, most of the wallets that you know and love, we think, will be resolving Dodzilla. Okay. I can see uh, that that is an incredible use case to be able to accept any crypto um, easily through one basically very short readable, understandable address. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody else can have it because they register it with you, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just sitting on the blockchain. So that is an asset that you control completely yourself. Yep. We can't take it back from you either. Do I uh, pay uh, some kind of annual fee? Uh, you will pay an annual fee for .zil. Yes. Okay. So what happens if I choose not to pay my annual fee? Do I still get my uh, stuff sent to that address? What happens? Uh, the asset would go back. Would go back. Okay. Uh, but this is actually a decision that registries themselves can make. We think there's going to be actually lots of different uh, blockchain domain name services. Uh-huh. And, any, and that's sort of a decision from the registry's perspective. You could either have an annual or you could have a one-time payment. And we expect to see both. We're going to be building both. both okay. Very interesting. And you said there was another use case. What's the other use case? The other use case is censorship-resistant websites. So the FBI comes in um, and says, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of who besides uh, Silk Road. Nothing's coming up at this, at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. The FBI comes in, or even the Chinese government. Chinese government, I believe, has uh, censored Free Talk Live. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, they, they come in and they say that this URL will not resolve to the, um, the, the those numbers mm-hmm. that I had just talked about a little earlier, and they throw something up else um, otherwise. Now, I've seen an FBI one in the past, mm-hmm. and it's really ugly graphics, but basically just says, terrible things have happened here. Mm-hmm. Nothing to see, ladies and gentlemen. Go about, we're keeping you safe. Go about your business, right? And they, you know, they send you on your way, and God knows why, um, you know, they choose to do what they do, but essentially they can't take you down. Exactly. And so what's happening right now is they are going to registrars like GoDaddy or Google Domains or whatever and saying, hey, we don't like this domain. Take it away from them. Right. And And if you don't, we're going to be mad at you. And and they would be. And if they called us up and said, hey, we don't like this domain. Take it away from them. We would say, sorry, they they control their own private keys. Nothing we can do. Okay. So... um I, well, that, this is this could be very big. I've got questions. Let's say I want to open Silk Road. I think it's for, we're at number forty-seven at this point. I'm just kidding. I, I don't know. Silk Road has been had several iterations in the past. I want to open a um, website on the regular internet, not the dark web. 
that sells God knows what um, that they're selling on Silk Road, right? Like uh, all kinds of illicit mind-altering substances, and most of which are probably illegal in the United States, mm-hmm. right? And I want to sell this, sell this stuff. What can they do to me? Obviously, they can come try to find me. But other than that, what are they? What can they do to me? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the the first thing is is that you know we don't condone illegal behavior, and we're sure. not encouraging Ill- illegal behavior. Uh, however, the power structure is different here in that if the government decides that they do not like what you're doing, right, uh, they cannot take the domain name away from you. So they need to find other ways to try to censor you. Okay. Another way that they try is they go to AWS, Amazon Web Services, and they say we don't like this content. Stop using this user. So okay. you may also need to go and uh, have your own data on some P2P storage network in order right. to be fully protected. Probably so in Aruba about, or something. <laughs> so you have to think about you know where are the censorship points now. Yep. The domain asset was kind of the best one. It's the easiest one. You just call up Google and you shut them down. It's the one they use. Uh, it's the main one they use now. There will be others. Okay. This doesn't. This won't necessarily solve every single one of them. But what okay. we're doing is is we're handing more and more of the power back to the individual uh, and giving you more and more opportunities. This is a big deal, right? I mean, it seems, seems like a very big deal, especially for a privacy-conscious uh, listenership like mm-hmm. mine. I love what I'm hearing. What's the purpose of the pre-sale? Uh, why would I want to be involved in a pre-sale as opposed to waiting till May? So what's going to happen in May is we're going to go and do a sort of a public eBay-style auction. And if you think about .eth and how well .eth did as an example... .eth is um, some, a web domain run by the Ethereum network? By the Ethereum, so the Ethereum Foundation funded their own, their own domain service called .eth. Uh, the most valuable name there sold for $3.5 million. Uh, they did $33 million in their first year. Uh, and this is without most of the use cases that I've been talking about actually working. So our company is focused on making sure that all these all this tooling actually works for the end user. But even in those cases, even before the tooling was there, $33 million worth. So we're giving people right now at BTC Miami and others uh, an opportunity to, to go and buy some of the top, some of the top names yep. before they go to auction. Uh, when they go to auction, we expect that they'll be bid up more. Right. So, um, and a lot of times when a new, uh, I don't know what to call the the things after the dot come out, but, uh, you know, a, n- a new opportunity comes out, people will buy up lots and lots of uh, web addresses and, you know, I don't know, they get Amazon or, mm-hmm. um, you know, what is the matrix? I don't know mm-hmm. what they get. They get something. Mm-hmm. And um, the, obviously, Free Talk Live has done this more, more times than uh, I care to count, mm-hmm. probably uh, half a dozen or more, um, just to have other things out there where people can go and sh- there, there they are. I can see why businesses would totally want this. And then add to that the fact that your URL now allows uh, people to pay you easily in any crypto they want. You got a pretty big, and you you control your own um, basically DNS connection. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty big deal. Um, I appreciate you coming on here, Bradley. How have you, when when did you arrive here in Miami? Uh, got in late last night. Yeah? No, so you didn't night. go to any of the parties then? Uh, no, I was setting up for this. I'm doing a talk today at 3.30, so I was doing some prep, and yep. I'll go party tonight. Got to make sure you have the speech done. Mm-hmm. Once you do this, once you do the talk, then you don't have to worry about uh, anything else. And uh, I've noticed that it's uh, it's quite an event here at the North American Bitcoin Conference. Have you ever been before? I was here last year, yeah. Okay. What organization were you working for then? Uh, at the time, I was just an investor. I was yep. working on a company called Talkable. Okay. Uh, which is a referral marketing software company based in San Francisco. Um, but uh, I uh, had, to, uh, had to move on to, do, to go full-time crypto. So that's, that's me now. Yeah. I love this conference. I think it's really, really awesome. And um, thanks for coming to it. What, uh, um, how long are you staying in Miami? I'll be here for two more days. Two more days. And uh, I, I know that they've got huge. These people party for real here mm-hmm. <laughs> you know normally i'm in bed by you know 11 12 um they're they're just getting started on south beach at that time yeah. the 
are you at the official hotel on South Beach? Uh, I'm nearby at a little at a, at a kind of little co living place that I like. Yeah, um, I'd much rather be closer to the convention center than out there on South Beach. It's uh, frankly, this Miami traffic is a little more than I can handle. <laughs> I, you know, just a small town boy, and <laughs> I'm not used to all these cars piled up like they are. These buildings. I'm on the tenth floor. And I couldn't see the top of the building that was next to me. Um, it just kept going up, up, and up. I can't believe it. All right, give the contact information for, uh, for, for Unstoppable Domains. Uh, so, yeah, go to unstoppabledomains.com. You can make .zill pre-orders right now from our website. Okay, and what is one of these pre-orders, what do they cost? Uh, so most domains are ten dollars. Okay. Uh, there are premium. There's big ones. Yeah, there are premium domains that are a thousand dollars, and then there's some really top ones that we expect will do well in auction that we are offering right now as an exclusive, uh, like ICO.zil and some others. Okay. Those are, those are about ten thousand. What, what what other ones are exciting? ICO and what uh, else? Let's see. ICO we think will be really big. Uh, coin. Okay. Uh, yeah. Block. Uh, kind of all the all the financial things, payments, exchange. Bradley Cam, UnstoppableDomains.com. Thank you. So the protection of life, liberty, and property is, is what the Free State Project is all about. But it's an, it's an effort to move 20,000 people who understand. It's about demonstrating to the entire country. That, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market. Making it just a freer, great place to live. It's the world's largest voluntarist libertarian community, and it's, it's only getting bigger. That's amazing, to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent. What the Free State Project is managing to do, though, is to put their money where their mouth is. Physically getting up across the country and saying, let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas. There's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty. There's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it. But here in New Hampshire, people are doing it. 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com, 101reasonsfilm.com.